0: Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana.
1: Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. Hello, I'm Matt, and we're back. Um, uh, technical difficulties aside,
0: technological differences.
1: uh, We're Cantor Cartel. Uh, We're here to talk Magic. Sorry that we took a week off and then recorded a week. And then our, what what happened was I left my mic at home, and we have a spare mic that I thought was fine. I'm fine. And we recorded like half the episode, and I was like, before we record the second half, let me check this. And it was awful. Mm-hmm. It was one of those, like, I was talking to Matt, if it wasn't going up. I I like I would much rather give you guys no episode than a dog shit one. And it's just like we're not doing that. And then the next day I had to work real late. It didn't work out. So we're back this week. Uh sorry for the inconsistency lately, guys. But Matt, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Um my mic works, so <laughs> Must be nice when you can just leave everything in the same spot. It's fantastic. I have to own two of everything. I have, so I have to (laughs) at home. I have, like, um, I have right now this mic and a boom arm and I could, like, I have everything at home and I have had to buy a second of everything trying to leave it all here so I don't have to touch it and move it. Cause it's, cause that's what happens when you have to constantly be moving stuff is you forget something or it doesn't set up right or you don't plug it in right or, yeah, or you leave, or you, you, change the settings for call of duty and then don't change them back yeah. while you're recording.
0: Don't forget to, or you uh, forget to turn your gain all the way down again. Yeah.
1: So like I, uh, my good mic, and I don't know if people have even noticed, but a little while ago, our audio changed because my good mic broke and I've been working on getting it fixed, but I'd spend something. I just need to take it apart and pay to get it fixed. And I haven't wanted to slash been a little scared of honestly, the scared of how much it's going to cost because like I recognize how expensive skilled labor is and soldering on a motherboard is skilled labor. But, We're at the point now where I need to get it done. So I've I've gotten it started, and my goal is to get back to having two good mics, and one just lives here, and the only thing moving is my laptop, until I get a second laptop, and then it can just live here. (laughs) Actually, a third laptop. Matt has my second laptop.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We need, you know, like four more mics, too, and some cameras, and all kinds of shit. Anywho, um, enough talking about podcasting. Let's talk about video games. Yes. (laughs) Because we uh, don't talk about magic. (laughs) Yes. Talk (laughs) about That comes later. Um. So my weekend I also had some uh technical difficulties of my own. I don't remember if, no, this didn't cause we didn't record. I was gonna talk about it last week. My PlayStation 4 took a shit. Like the APUs. Oh dead.
1: yeah. So, we were gonna talk about how uh we were gonna talk about <laughs> how Bloodborne killed your PS4 or your, yeah, yeah, your PS4.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I honestly it was probably uh Hogwarts Legacy more than anything. But realistically, this is something you and I talked about like last week. Like it drives me fucking crazy that I am 20 feet away from a play- a working PlayStation 2, which is backwards compatible with all PlayStation 1 games. And that is 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. I bought well, it in high school. I graduated yeah. in 2004.
1: Yeah, we were playing Mel Gear Solid the other day on here. Right. Your- <laughs> and
0: you just turn it on and it yep. works.
1: And oh, so, so I got to interrupt, Matt. So I haven't turned on a CRT TV mm-hmm. in probably 20 years. Like, actually, turn one on. And like, to hear. Boom. A- and then did the, that, that, and the static on the screen, <clears throat> the static, I had to touch the static and I was like, Oh my God, I'm a, I'm a kid again. Yep. I that, remember
0: that's like half of like the games are good, but like half of like playing old games, is just, it's not necessarily, I don't want to call it strictly nostalgia, but it's that feeling of being a kid again. Like it, those two things are very close together, but they're slightly different because like, I mean, just the style of game, you don't have to have played that particular game. Yeah but like like you said i mean you've never played metal gear solid before that yep that one like you've got no nostalgia for that game exactly. but like using this whole setup it still you know gets that feeling evokes that feeling um but yeah it drives me fucking gr- my playstation 4 was 3 years old and yep. in that time i also had to replace the hard drive cuz that failed uh huh and, and you have it
1: you have it you have it up on stand so it breeds better and yeah
0: like yep. it's just bullshit so like i went and bought a playstation 5 which i Got, I don't want to say got lucky, but from my perspective, I got lucky. I didn't know that the PlayStation 5 could play like almost every PlayStation 4 game and you got to keep them on the same account. Like backwards compatibility is so hit or miss. Right. And well, like the perfect example of this is from, if I remember correctly, the PlayStation 3, the first run of them were backwards compatible. Yep. And then the next run wasn't. So like, I. And I don't think the PlayStation 4 had any backwards compatibility with, like, discs. I could be wrong there. Don't quote me on that. Uh, you could stream some PlayStation 3 games that they throw up on PlayStation now. Um, but you can also do that on the PlayStation 5. They have all those games as well. Um, but, so, I got a PlayStation 5. So, that sucked. <laughs> it was $500. Yep. And so, here's... for Normally, when it comes to money, I am not cheap. But I like to be very judicious about how I spend my money I like literally I think about every purchase I very rarely just randomly buy shit and Jake can attest to this yeah we are the
1: polar opposites yeah
0: Jake's just like I want it buy it and I'm like oh, I need to think about it for six weeks case in point I bought
1: like today I had to go work on a basket strainer and I've been and I was like fuck it I'm buying I'm just buying the wrench I don't care anymore and I spent twenty dollars <laughs> out of the blue on a tool I want because I just I want it
0: um well I was looking at getting the PlayStation five digital edition, which is a hundred dollars cheaper. And it just doesn't have a disc drive. Uh, For my PlayStation four, I bought two games that have discs. It was Spider-Man and SoulCal six. And I rebought both of them and downloaded them because I have just gotten out of the habit of using discs. It's a pain in the ass. Oh my God. And like you install it off the disc and then you still have to fucking leave the disc in there. So like, it still takes up the, it takes up the exact same amount Uh of space on your hard drive, but you still have to have the disc. Like, that's fucking dumb, but Dude, whatever.
1: The first, so uh, as part of my recap for the week, me and my wife celebrated our anniversary and bought some games.
0: Huh, yeah, I'm sure you loved getting back home to try to play Red Dead Redemption Two. Spoilers, yep. and had to download some giant fucking because oh, you took... can't even play it off straight off the fucking disc. Cool thing,
1: it did take two hours for it to download, but I didn't. I luckily could play it offline. Oh, and just run nice. the disc. Yes, um, but we have two games, and I enjoy both of them. And we're living that life yep. where it's like, I want to play Fatal Bullet. Cool. Red Dead's in. Yep. Because I'll get up and go change.
0: And it's not that big of nope, a deal. It's but not. it's when you're not used to it anymore. As someone who grew up playing um,
1: Super Nintendo, this is what it is. Like that's, that's, or uh, some Super Nintendo and, and Nintendo 64. Yeah. I played a, a chunk of, of Super Nintendo, but like that, it was life. You
0: just, you get up and go put a new cartridge in. Well, and the big thing back then is you had fewer games. Like yeah, that's true. Like it's a you were a kid, so you didn't have unlimited money. B, games were really expensive, which also lends into that. And so your parents also don't want to buy you a ton of games. Yep. So like you'd get like one or two games a year, and you'd rent games all the time. Yeah. But you only rent one game at a time because and you got the fuck you have to return and if it. The if next you're day you're renting
1: it. You're playing. That's what you're playing. That's right. All so you're playing. it just stays
0: in there. Like now that myself and I'm assuming everyone listening has the same experience. You probably have a ton of Steam players listening Yep. who never fuck with discs. Most people, like a ton of people stream, they download their yeah. games. Like, I just don't want to dick with it anymore. So I was like, hey, I'll save a hundred bucks and not have the disc drive. Yeah, in the time that I kind of waffled as to whether or not I should get one, they sold out of fucking digital edition ones. So I got to pay $500 instead of $400 for my PlayStation.
1: I Hooray! forgot to ask, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like- so I'll, t- I'll ask. I'll ask on the podcast because that's what we do now. Our life is on the internet. Uh, do you want to sell one of your controllers? Yeah, sure. Because I learned that um, on my controller, I have two of them, and on one of them, square doesn't work. <laughs> Comes in pretty fucking handy. It does. <laughs> I was playing the game. I was playing Red Dead, and in the tutorial, there's an option to spare a guy or kill him. You're like, and the spare button was square, work. and I was like, oh, I guess I can't spare him. I'll I just... guess
0: I'm killing this bitch. <laughs> and
1: so I get to- <laughs> and then it happened later in the game again and i was like what the fuck and i changed controllers i was like oh well that thing's dead to me now <laughs> and since you have some extra ps4 controllers that are not yep. as useful anymore maybe i can get one from you
0: yeah the, well the the other funny thing this is just weird i i get it but it's kind of weird your playstation 4 controllers will work will work on a playstation 5 if you're playing a playstation 4 game okay but if you're playing a PS5 game, it even if
1: it doesn't have the functionality of a PS5 controller,
0: it won't it will not work. Won't work. It won't even register. It's on. Interesting. Yeah. So like I haven't tinkered with it to see if all that stuff's true. That was just a quick Google search because yeah. you and I had talked about it. Um, well, I, I had texted you and asked. Yeah. Because I had realized that one of my controllers is dead. And you're like, hey, do you need
1: those? <laughs> I only have one controller. And as we like, as you know, one is the wrong number. Yeah. Because you want to have one on the charger and one ready to play. Yeah.
0: That's assuming you never play multiplayer games. Yep. Um, so all that is leading up to, I had been telling Jake after I played Bloodborne, I was like, I will play Dark Souls three, but I do not pay full price for games, especially old ones, old ones. And like, it's not, like, that's not an old, old game, but it's old enough. It's fucking like six or seven years old. That's old enough to not be $60. Absolutely. So I booted up to PlayStation five, got everything rolling, all that kind of crap popped on the store. It was on sale for 30 bucks. So I bought it um kept my promise so i'm going through dark souls 3 um kind of the same thing with bloodborne not as difficult as i anticipated um to be perfectly honest it's kind of frustrating because they're good games i don't and i've never denied that i've it never could be harder though well like i don't even in a want, good way i don't even want them to be harder what bugs me is everyone almost everyone sells these games as like the hardest games ever
1: yes and And so i'm just
0: like i'm not dealing with that that doesn't sound fun to me because like this is this is the worst marketing technique ever in my opinion when you ask someone hey is elden how's elden ring you go oh it's so hard the first thing out of your mouth is this difficulty. It's difficult, yep. Like not, oh my God, it's so fun. You get to yep. do all this stuff. Oh, by the way, it is pretty difficult, but it's worth it. Yeah. Like if you sell it like that, it's like, hey, it's pretty hard, but like it's really enjoyable. Yep. Almost no one actually sells those games. They go, yeah, they're really hard. Okay, hard doesn't equal fun. Yep. Like those two words are not synonymous. Like well, and like even like challenging and hard aren't
1: synonyms. When it comes to gaming, yeah. the game is challenging or hard because like games that are bad are hard. Right, like it's just there's like, plenty of hard, difficult it's games. poorly out there. balanced, or there's no good scaling, or the controls suck. That's a hard game, but like it's very challenging. You feel there's a lot of hills to overcome, and that's what I really enjoy. And I said, Dark Souls. Once you get good, Dark Souls, like I wouldn't mind a hard mode because mm-hmm. it could be harder, and I could enjoy it being a little harder. Yeah, and it's your obviously your second and third and fourth playthrough, but you know I, there could be a harder version. But when you're learning it, the game is very, very difficult, and it's very challenging. It's very unforgiving, but is, in my opinion, one of the most rewarding games I've ever played.
0: Well, the the thing that bugs me is like, I could have played them sooner had everyone not fucking acted sucked like their, their own they're... dick, like they're the best gamer in the world because they beat yeah. Bloodborne. Like, okay. So what like I like always... the final boss took me four tries. Yep. <laughs> like, so what like, do you
1: fucking do? <laughs> games like Mario and uh, insert most of your AAA, like Call of Duty, those games are made to be beaten. You yeah. are supposed to win. When you're playing Mario or Call of Duty, like beating Bloodborne is very doable. Like it's, it's a
0: beatable game, but it's not made to be beaten. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like like, to me, the, this is probably one of the differences in just our generation, even though technically I think we're both the same. We're both millennials. We we grew up in very different gaming generations for sure. And like to me, Bloodborne and now Dark Souls are, they're like Nintendo hard. But when, I'm used to that. Like
1: when games were just freaking hard. They're
0: just hard. Yeah. Like they're like nowadays, so like this brings up the other game I was gonna talk about. Uh so A, I'm I'm like five or six bosses in Dark Souls 3, having a good time. I have fought so far my favorite boss fight of both games was the Abyss Watchers. That fight was fun. Uh it was really rewarding, and it was like a nail biter, but it was very fast. So it wasn't this like like, it was a lot of, like, dodging. It, it was the epitome of what, like, when people say they like these boss fights, that I finally felt that. Yeah. The other ones, I was like, like, they were, I, easy's not the right word, but they weren't terribly difficult. Uh-huh. So it was like, all I need to do is just not, not even not get hit. I need to not get hit just a few times. Yep. Like, as you're playing through the game, like, you just don't suck on these boss fights, and you're good. Yep. So, like, they're fun, they're challenging in that respect but like they're not like I wasn't like super excited and I didn't get like exhilarated my fucking heart was racing out of fun fighting the abyss watchers cuz it's just like it's just this DPS race and I was just fucking having a blast cuz it's like right up my alley yeah. like just being like two super aggressive guys just if you know what it felt like it the obviously the gameplay is different it felt like like PVP and like wow yeah we're like like it's just really intense and takes a lot of focus and concentration. Yeah. Um. M- up until that point, most of the boss fights hadn't. Because they were, like, a. L- there's an element of scriptedness to the boss fights. They're like, they're not s- a scripted boss fight, but they've got four or five moves. Y- yeah. You gotta learn them. That's If that's, you can dodge four of them, and only one of them hits you, yeah. then you're probably okay. That is the, uh, that's the recipe for being a
1: Dark Souls boss, is like, yeah, learn their moves, figure out, how they attack, how often they attack, what side they swing from, and kill them.
0: Yeah. So like this one was like fucking swords and fire flying around. Like so far, I enjoy the fighting another hunter or another humanoid. Yep. Way more than the big monsters. I gotcha. enjoy that those fights a little more. See, I enjoy fighting the. I think it's really fun to fight the giant thing and and
1: like slip past their giant axe or dive between their legs and attack them from behind. And I really enjoy fighting the larger than life monstrosities mm-hmm. that hit like a
0: freaking truck yeah but uh so before I played Dark Souls I was like hey I kind of want to check out Far Cry 5 yep I've heard some good things about that I played it for a few hours I got really annoyed so this is so like the only game oh the which which oh, one's five again uh, that, is that one set is that the one set in Virginia I think it's Montana
1: where they're But it's set in the US and it's, a, it's, yeah, it's a, set in
0: the US. There's some like uh recluses crazy, back there that have taken over the crazy have,
1: religious cult.
0: Yeah, basically. Yep, okay. Um
1: I guess the, the only defining part about that for a Far Cry game is the religious part because every game yeah, is some cult or some warlord. You've Lord got has the map
0: take, and a bad guy has control of it, right? Yeah. Um so I was playing that and one, the story is kind of what sucked me in, but then I was like, I don't really want to play as a bad guy. And you do, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, well, the funny thing is, like, I read the wiki, and, like, the people in the cult were right. No, oh, I haven't finished that. They're it. preppers. If you finish the game and you get the good ending, the fucking world ends. Oh, does it? <laughs> gotcha. And there's literally a sequel called Far Cry, I think it's New Dawn, where it's after the apocalypse. So that's
1: what New... <laughs> Okay, so because yes. Far Cry New Dawn is, it's like, well, it looks like prehistoric. Right. It's
0: because there was a fucking nuclear war that these people were prepping for.
1: I obviously quit <laughs> playing the Far Cry games, and <laughs> yeah. I kind of assumed they would do like like a prequel, like, back in the... Well, because uh, Assassin's Creed did that with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. They mm-hmm. jumped back to the pyramids.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, you're clearly there, and, like, your presence incites this whole thing, and gotcha. like, so whatever. But the, uh, I was playing through it, and like... All these games that have, like, this zone is controlled by this guy. It's all fucking busy work. And, yep. it, like, that is one of the things, like, I will critique Far Cry 4 and I will praise fucking the FromSoft games for. is like, holy fuck, I am so tired of this mechanic that it, from what I understand, it started earlier, but the first big one was, like, the Batman Arkham games. And then they like everyone just copied that formula and they've taken it into multiple different like types of games so, like shooters and third person action uh-huh. games and stuff like that. The best the one I enjoyed the most and there's plenty of them. So everyone's got their flavor. They like I know you like like the Lord of the Rings one like Shadow of Mordor. Yes. I love Mad Max. Also good. I played Mad Max and I played Spider-Man. Yep. Like I'm done doing like go to this zone and fucking do this kill the
1: the bosses do the fetch quest get the medicine in clear the area like claim it back
0: the funny so like and then they present you with this giant world right and it's got this illusion of freedom in it and so I I'm doing this quest and this quest is aggravating as fuck anyways like I have to go like recapture a car so it's a driving quest in a game that like the driving sucks yep so, like, I'm supposed to recapture this car, it's stupid, whatever, it takes me multiple tries, and I'm actually getting frustrated. I was more frustrated doing that than any of the Bloodborne games. Yep. Like, whatever, sure, I get it done. And then they were like, by the way, I don't. I must have triggered something by doing a certain number of side quests or something, and they're like, yeah, there's a bounty on you, and then like the bad guys, the supposed bad guys, shoot you with a bliss bullet, which is the drug, and like, cool, you're back in the storyline now. Like, Great. I can't even... Like, you give me this giant fucking yep. world and then you put a fucking roadblock in the- it.
1: It's like a t- like you're only allowed to enjoy so much of it for yeah, you have to go do I'm story like, again.
0: Okay. And then I fucking shut it off. Yeah. I'm like, don't do this. Either let me do whatever I want to do and then, yep. hey, there's a here's your storyline quest. If you want to progress that, go to this place and start yep. doing that chain of events. Cool. If you're not going to do that and you want to go around and do all this stuff, because yep. one of the nice things, I hadn't played one of the fucking, one of these kind of games for a minute. Last one was Spider-Man, which I think was like a year ago. Yeah. And it's a first person shooter. So I was like, re, like, I don't mind them when I'm enjoying the gameplay. Yep. And I was like, I kind of want to like well, use this to kind of like learn, like get some weapons and fuck around and do fun stuff. And then they're like, nope, you don't get to do that either.
1: In my opinion, that's why it works for like Mad Max or in my opinion, the uh, Shadow of Mordor or Shadow of War or whatever it is. I think Shadow yeah. of Mordor is the first one. Yeah. But like, that's why it works is because like the gameplay is fun. In my opinion, it's not quite claiming the zones, but it's an open-world mechanic. Of It works for Elden Ring 2 because, in my opinion, the gameplay is fun. If all I'm doing is just going and playing the same game but over here where the sky's red and then playing the same game but over here where we're underground, it's okay if the gameplay is really fun. But if the
0: gameplay is full of bullshit that is dumb, it's just it's a world full of shit I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And or it's you get, meaning like, oh, I found, I went to this area and I killed a couple guys and now these NPCs have taken over this town and guess what? none of them do anything yep like
1: it's those are the and i've I've quickly walked away from those games where like i said mad max was great um the first game i remember playing it that i can think of right now was infamous Mm -hmm. infamous had that where you got to go through and you had to clear the area people and fighting as infamous or as uh, i think his name's cole fighting as cole was fun and so it's like oh these are just areas where i'm guaranteed to get into a fight sweet yeah that's why because i want to fight more but like playing i played far cry 4 i believe and far cry 5 i don't think i ever beat them cuz i just didn't like this gameplay wasn't enticing
0: to me and they're not even good shooters
1: it's always it's like, all this the it's always it's all the same gameplay and so what I would happen is i would go do a bunch of side quests and i was like okay well this gameplay is not enticing to me and i'm not enjoying it so i guess i'll go do the story it's, it's the, the same gameplay mm-hmm. there's nothing different Yep. And so I wasn't enjoying it over here. I'm definitely not enjoying it over here. Yeah. And like, well, I'm done playing this game then. Yep. Like, whereas like Dark Souls three case in point or Bloodborne or Elden Ring a little bit where it's like, I've beaten the game. I've done all the things and I just want to keep doing the same thing. I just want to keep fighting dudes. Mm-hmm.
0: And like, can I do that more? I can. Great. Yeah. Like I look at it. A lot of it is just like, we're too, I don't Lazy's not the right word. But if we're going to use a derogatory term, meaning the same thing, lazy, Yep. where I don't want to design good content, like actually fun content, oh, yeah. so we're going to go, okay, this place has uh, this tower that you need to, quote, take over, which is just killing people, yep. and then you get a little dopamine hit, and then you're going to go over here, and you're going to do this area, which is just killing people, and you get a dopamine hit, and the yep. map changes colors. and and. My favorite version of the game, Mad Max, of that style, Mad Max, it actually had the worst aspect of it. You would take an area, and then the enemies weren't there anymore.
1: Yep, So, like,
0: my first playthrough of it on PC... Like I was like, what the fuck? Like my favorite part of this is the car it is combat. to do. Any- yeah, I know. And, and that was they why- stop showing up once you take over the zone. It
1: was super fun. That's why it was fun to go into a different zone because all gonna- of a sudden
0: you could play the game
1: again. You're gonna roll into a bun- a, a gang, a, a, a part of the gang, and you get to fight people with your car and blow fucking cars up and run them off the road.
0: Yeah. So when I played it again on PlayStation, I never fully take took yeah. over a zone because I'm like, I want the road, the road encounters because yep. they're fun. Like I'll go grab almost everything. And then I'm going to leave this in control of the um, bad guys, so that I still get to fight. What game was I playing? Where? Okay, so
1: this was this is actually the silly, but like I know it's, I know it's been implemented in other games, but the game that I can think of right now where that got implemented was um, a side game in Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which mm. is another game I'll make you. You actually oh, I owe you two games now. But, yeah, I was going
0: to say you're way behind. Um, but <laughs> it's another game i love shit to play for a while. <laughs>
1: but it has a side game in it where you can basically start a trade company where you start you you basically as a pirate take ships you comment commandeer them yep and you can um it's called Kenway's fleet and you could the cool thing was you can run it from your phone you download an app oh, so while you're cool. it's time based stuff so you go you send it on a mission for 8 hours mm-hmm. and the first part of it is unlocking the world so you can send people to Africa and to Europe and to the Americas and to South America well once you unlock all the worlds once you unlock an area there's a a danger associated with running your ship to Africa or whatever because mm-hmm. there's pirates. Yep, and
0: well, you can literally you're one of them.
1: Yeah, well, literally. <laughs> and
0: there's you other can,
1: pirates. <laughs> the gameplay of it was to take your ships and go fight their ships, and it was turn by turn. It was it it, it was actually turn by turn automatic. It mm-hmm. wasn't anything you could do. You just pick the ships you want to go, and they have a power level, and you go fight their ships that have a power level, and you. They, there's randomness where they can miss I and mean, you shoot the ships yeah. down and and the it gets easier and eventually it gets to where it's safe where no matter what ship you send over there it's 100% guaranteed to make it back well over time they get worse
0: so you have to keep
1: doing it so you it. have to keep doing you it. have to so, maintain the supply route and so you log in the you know hey valve. all your ships came back you know you got a bunch of fucking gold and uh, you go to send them back out it's like oh this went from yellow which is like pretty sure you're going to make it back a decent ship and you have like a 99% chance to well, now it's orange and you only have like a sixty percent chance. So you have to keep playing the game because it like I know there's other games that have done it. That's when it comes to my mind. But like the zones need to degrade back down so I can presumably I enjoyed playing the game to free them. They have to degrade back so I can go free them again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'm so tired of those. Just in general. Like,
1: yeah. It's, and, and, I, and I right I don't mind calling it derogatory. It is lazy. There's a lot of there's a lot of um copycatting that goes on with games where they find a thing that works and that's what everyone does and like and one of the reasons it worked was it was implemented well that's part of it and it was probably implemented different or it was unique or it was interesting or there was something about there was a gimmick well when we're all doing it it's not gimmick anymore guys yeah like it's not you're not the only open world anymore like you making the 16th open world game is not impressive to me nope it's boring and again, I've gone full circle where like open world games are fun, but I have done so many open world games. I much prefer a, like a tailored planned on rails game like dark souls and bloodborne where, and there's some options where you can go left or right. You can do this side of the map yeah. first, that side of that, but you're supposed to move through the world in a relatively specific order. You're supposed to meet these enemies in a specific order and you're supposed to fight them in a specific order. You get the story a certain way and like, that's how you do it. And I, I, I've found that I enjoy that much more.
0: Yeah. Well, there's uh plenty of those in the PlayStation 1 era, 1 and 2 era, so there's the I mean, open world games barely even existed back
1: uh-huh. then. It was a lot wasn't... harder. I I get they're a lot harder to make. Yeah. Cuz you I mean like cuz you can't you have to make a world. You have to put something in there. It, it does take I'm sure relatively well, it takes a lot of
0: processing power.
1: Well, it takes a lot of processing power. I would just say just work. Like it takes less work to make a game on rails. Cuz all the shit in between High, low, high the high wall of Lothric and the and the swamp. There's just a line from here to there. You don't need any of the other shit built. Yep. There's other. How often you look? You playing Dark Souls and you look across the landscape and you see a beautiful forest, and there ain't shit there. Whereas an Elden Ring, you can go there and there's stuff. Mm-hmm. And like so, it's just more to build.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Boy, now we done half an hour on Matt.
0: Yeah. So you've been playing uh, some Moto shit, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I got back into Moto. I got my rental account turned back on. Um, I got uh, a new account set up for actually Cantor Cartel. Cartels. So we have the Cantrip Cartel Moto playing. and I did. Uh, I haven't I haven't played leagues because I don't. I, I'm I still take Magic too seriously, and I'm trying to dip my toe into playing semi competitive Magic again online. And so I was playing. I played like five or six games uh, with like uh, I would like to respond's control list, mm-hmm. and had a lot of fun. It's a it's a good deck. I got my ass kicked. Um, in part, I would say, because I went up, I went up against a ton of non-meta decks in the free queue because it's the free queue, and um, his control deck obviously is not tuned for off-meta decks because it shouldn't be. And the second part of that is it's not my deck, and the third part of that is I'm bad at Magic, <laughs> so I did. I you know I just had some really rough games. Had a ton of fun, mm-hmm. won a couple, lost a couple. Probably had like a forty-five percent win rate. Nothing great, maybe forty. And then I was like, I had, I was having a rough day, and I was like, I kind of want to play Moto. But I don't want to try hard. I don't want. To, I don't want to have to like think and prep and plan. And maybe I should just step back to my roots and play some good old reanimator. Just some simple force it down their throat. Black red reanimator. And then I think I won five in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the free queue? Yeah. But like, just I went like like five and one, and just and almost every single game was like turn one or turn two. Grief you cool Grizzlebrand. Thanks. Next game uh thought sees you unmask you Grizzlebrand. brand cool bye-bye next match turn one uh dark ritual thought sees and tomb reanimate <laughs> like and i did that for like like t- like 10 games in a row yep like the deck the deck has a show-and-tell sideboard package which i'm in love with because it makes mm-hmm. so much sense because i've had so many games where my light lay line of the voids and then you take out the reanimation and you show and tell and you get it's so you, you know you get decks that are just hard dedicated to it and it's hard to it's hard to get ahead when they have they have two or three lock pieces out and a, a three two yep. and like i'm gonna lose this three two because i can't resolve i can't beat all these lock pieces in the next five turns i sideboarded in the show and tell package almost every game but it's not a full package so you still mm-hmm. have like reanimate and i s- did not cast show and tell once every single game i still <laughs> was like oh cool still had it <laughs> i guess i'll just
0: entomb Zoom to get their ley lines out
1: like yes that's true but like reanimator is so stinking strong and i had completely missed how incredibly strong it got with the extra four unmasks having having eight free discard spells turn one and then having four thought seizes that cost a mana but like whatever it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. it's the number of times i could just mulligan you know and i one of the reasons I think I got frustrated playing Reanimator before is I was a significantly worse magic player who understood the meta. I, I didn't understand the meta a tenth, a, a hundredth as good as I do now. But like I didn't I I guarantee I didn't mulligan right. Because every hand this this time around is like, does this cast Grizzlebrand turn one? No, Mulligan. Does this cast Grizzlebrand's pr- protection? No. Mulligan. Down to five cards. Um Got it. Yeah, that's Brand with protection. And then I would go turn one, Grizzlebrand's protection. And like that's definitely why I was I got frustrated with the deck is I was bad at it. The other thing that I'll, I'll wrap up on this we're 30 minutes of intro now although our newest patron who I get to shout out did reckon, did say that doesn't even play legacy just likes us because of our fucking because our intros so <laughs> um I got to do the one thing every husband wants to do. I took my wife out for a little breakfast date on uh, Monday which uh, is not our anniversary but it's this week. And I sat down and we ordered and I was like, so this is an early, you know, date for our anniversary in case we go out on Thursday. And I saw her face go white. <laughs> oh, fuck. And she had forgot. She knew it was coming up, but she had totally forgot. So I got to take my wife on a date for our anniversary. It's our first date anniversary. Yeah. And she forgot. So I was I, I will uh, hold on to that for the rest of my life. Uh, don't mind that. I I think it was two years ago. I forgot her birthday, which it's it's a. It's a she did a good job of making it easy and it's also harder. Our anniversary and her birthday are 1 week apart. They're right together. So it's easy to remember them because there's the one and then there's the second. It's next week. But it's also easy to forget because we I just spent a bunch of time focusing on the one yep. and then for But this time I got one on her. Uh, I'll never let her live it down. <laughs> I'll be the husband that reminds her for the next 10 years that one time I remembered. And she was she apologized and she was like, "I'm sorry I forgot blah blah." blah. And I was like, "Baby, You've given me the best gift you could have. <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> there's there's if I could request there I don't want you to buy me anything. I don't want to I don't want any like go to the bedroom and have a super fun night. The only thing I ever want the rest of my life for you to get me for any of our anniversaries is you forget and I remember. If that's all you ever get me, I'll be the happiest married man alive. Yep, just I what, win. <laughs> and that's what I got. And we had a wonderful date. Um, it was it was on a Monday, so I didn't work, and so we actually we had to run some errands. I went to we went to the uh, a, a video game shop, and I was like, "Let's buy as a gift to ourselves. Let's buy some video games." Laughingly enough, she bought Red Dead Redemption Two for me, and then uh, technically she bought them both, but she picked that up for me, and then for her she picked out a uh, sort of online game, and she's enjoying Red Dead much more, and I'm enjoying the Sao game much more. <laughs> I'm playing her game. She's playing my game.
0: So we're constantly switching discs. I don't think that's going to happen with uh, me and my wife with uh, Hogwarts Legacy and Dark Souls 3. Why not? You think? I don't think. I could enjoy Hogwarts Legacy. I don't think she's going to enjoy.
1: Not going to enjoy the difficulty of beating her head against the wall? <laughs>
0: nope.
1: <laughs> well, I had more to talk about, but honestly, Matt went a little long.
0: Well, that's because you were interrupting me.
1: That's true. Because I was talking <laughs> during your story. I've had a whole tangent built on how... Uh, I'll give I'll give the cliff notes of you know we went ahead and got a sort of online game and and Matt is, I was talking about before the show ninety percent of the time I don't buy games that are based off a show um, oddly enough the Legos are a great a great exception where the Lego games are good like the Lego games Arkham Knights like it's it's good but most of the time when a game's gimmick is they're based off of sort of online or some anime so the game's trash. They they kind of piggybacked off hoping everyone will buy the game because it's you get to play as Kirito or you get to meet Kirito and or whatever you get to meet Inuyasha um, and they didn't make a good game. Yeah, Almost every licensed video game like
0: that. sucks. Most almost all of
1: them. And so we got there and she was looking at them, and I was like because they're like they're like there's like one that's 40. It's obviously new. And then there's like five, seven, eight. I was like, that's six bucks. Just Google it. See what the Internet says. And Metacritic gave it like a six stars or a five stars. And I was like, yeah, that game probably sucks. But I scroll down a little farther, and on Steam it had eighteen thousand reviews and a mostly positive. And I was like, "That I trust more than Metacritic, so we'll buy it." And it's six bucks. And it's okay. six bucks. And I've actually really been enjoying it. So, uh, check just check reviews on games. That's all you gotta do. Power fantasy games are fun.
0: That's mostly what I play. Yeah, I'm um, I'm,
1: I'm looking forward to. It's obviously it's an it's an RP it's an MMORPG. Well, it's an RPG of an MMORPG. Yeah. But it's an RPG.
0: It's I'm, a single player MMO.
1: I think actually, I think it does have like RPG, it, yeah, I'm uh, sure MMO When it came out, it probably
0: had like an online. Oh, I'm sure component. it had a huge
1: following, but yeah. I have no intention of playing it online. I'm just looking forward to playing an RPG. And I don't get to carry a giant sword because it's the gun game online one. It's Fatal Bullet, but I do get to carry a giant sniper rifle. So that's my goal. Good enough. <laughs> and I learned they have a respect function. So I don't even have to run a bad build to get there. I can just make a decent quality build and then get to the middle of the game and go, cool. There's a good sniper rifle. Respect. Yeah. All right. So let's get this podcast rolling, but we're going to start off with a shout out as we do every week to our patrons. Uh, The list is getting long enough that it's starting to get hard to name everybody, but we always shout out everyone who supports us. Thank you guys very much for chipping in. Um, It's the most real way you can support. us. It's the most like crazy significant way to support us. Anyone listening supports us. Um, I'll tell you the best free thing everyone can do. It helps us a fuck ton is leave a review or leave a five stars. Um, we are all beholden to the internet algorithm and that's how we get recommended to people. That's how we get onto pages. That's how we get in front of like our newest patron who just bumped into us on, on, uh, I think it was Spotify or whatever one day and just like, I'll try this out. So, um, Cantrip Cartel at patreon.com is our, or sorry, patreon.com slash Cantrip Cartel is our Patreon. Uh, Tons of perks in there, including like merch, shirts, uh, play mats, everything gets you access to the Discord and uh, gets you a shout out every single week. Like Emperor, who puts our stuff on Reddit every single week, uh, Ramblin' Rogue, Ashley, Eric, MonoWolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, Asphalt, Ted, Mumbledown, Rob M, Limit of Questions, Winter, Rose, Becker, Derek T, His Forest, and our newest patron, I'm going to name drop him, Jasper. That's uh, we were talking on Red or on uh, Discord a little bit. That may change. I forgot to ask him. Okay, cool. He responded about five minutes ago and said Jasper's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, thank you so much for hopping into the Discord, hopping onto the Patreon. It helps a lot. It um, it's going to sound dumb. It really is nice having a little bit extra to help with the podcast. And uh, I I I do I do put some of that towards our local Pioneer League. Um, The validation is also. Crazy, like really nice that Matt and I just kind of get reminded once in a while that someone else thinks we're awesome and
0: good enough. Let's use good adequate. Enough. That's our but favorite like, word. Adequate.
1: Yeah, <laughs> adequate. But like, it kind of it's nice to have just to feel adequate to get a little reminder that you know we do an adequate job making a podcast. Yay, adequacy. So, uh, thank you guys for joining in. Thank you for listening. Uh, but let's head on to the actual part
0: of the podcast. Matt, how is
1: legacy looking?
0: Uh, legacy is just kind of chugging along. Uh we've got a legacy super qualifier from the second to talk about. Uh spoiler alert, the other category is 34% of the top
1: 32. <laughs> and that's amazing to me because I really expect super qualifiers and showcases to be sup- to be inbred. That is where you find the worst of the worst because we are literally like the like this Obviously is on a challenge winning matters. The biggest stakes you get, yeah, for legacy basically. And, like we are like there are tons of people that play challenges every week and they get fun with it they have a good time they, they it's not that big a deal they're grinders they play a lot on MTGO they have the tokens to spare but like a a a, a super qualifier or a sho- a showcase those are big deals and we still have
0: a ton of shit going on yep there's still a ton of shit going on there is some uh hidden information in that other uh one of within this top 32, Seasoned dungeoners in 16% of decks. So, some, like, a, almost half of that is one deck.
1: And that's relevant to say, because the next most popular deck is 9.5%. Yeah. so, Initiative is still very much a thing. Some form of Initiative or running Initiative creatures. Yeah, well, and
0: there's still several versions of Initiative. Yes. Uh, there's the red-white, there's those just straight white, and then there's red-green. Yep. At minimum. And then there's other decks that kind of toy around with the Initiative cards, there's like that artifact, that that piece of equipment that has yes. it in it. Uh, there, Torch, I think there's also a black like that. card that sees a little bit dude, of play. I
1: got fucking in the free queue, I got I was playing uh Blue White Control bodied by Mono Black, like him the turrock thought sees into a four drop <laughs> initiative card. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. I got fucking <laughs> wrecked, dude.
0: Um all that being said, the top eight looks pretty fun to talk about. There's a couple copies of decks, but
1: I felt bad. Decent look at top 8. I, I the first match I queued up in forever. I up with play control and I queue up against fucking rot priest ground shift combo. And I was so happy because it's such a cool deck. But as someone who's played Rot Priest, I fucking destroyed him because I know exactly how to beat that deck. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the Groundship deck's a little different a so Storm deck, but like I know how to play against Rot Priest. Yeah, I, one of the twenty people in the world that is really good at playing against Rot Priest, <laughs> and this dude paired up against me. I fucking destroyed him,
0: dude. Um, this just popped into my head because I was looking at a Simic mana cost. There's four mana fucking wheel just got it's a uh, in I want to say it's into the west uh it's like a vote card but if it you can vote for like getting two cards from everyone gets two cards from their library or everyone wheels and it's if it wins or ties everyone wheels and it's a pure wheel it's discards their hand draws oh, wow. seven cards it's four mana but it's an instant like whoa that card like the color con- like if it was straight blue that'd be fucking nuts um Blue greens a little weird with that effect. It Honestly, is. It, like it doesn't feel like a blue green card. It is not. At all. But um I saw that spoiler and I was like that's like that's, a, that that's a blue, got
1: potential. That's a blue red card in my opinion.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Wow, like, blue green. So it's blue green. You could either too? be
0: all red or all uh blue. Blue red would be perfect in my opinion. Yeah. The well the greens in there for the regrowth and the blues in there for the wheel, I guess. But, but like wow. Yeah. That's a that card's teetering on the edge of legacy play. 4 mana
1: instant guarantee we wheel if I, I mean, if I want. Or yeah. it, or it regrows two Correct. cards.
0: We both re, regrow two cards,
1: but yeah. That's that's strong. That's very strong.
0: Now in EDH where it's what it's designed for, yes. that's way more up in the air as to what you're going to get. Yep. Um but yeah, that that card keep an eye out for that. Okay, no kidding. So who knows. It's just the first mana symbol that popped up was that I saw that caught my eye was Ice Fan Coatle. So I was like, hey, <laughs> blue, green. And then I was like, ding, yep. neurons. Uh, anywho, bringing home the Legacy Super Qualifier was Mental Misstep with Five Color Zenith. This is Meat Pie yep. that we've been talking about for two years. Um, we've got Yorion. We haven't seen Yorion in a, quite a while. Uh-uh. Uh, then we've got a bunch of stuff. This is basically a blue, green, white, black deck with a tiny bit of red. But it's an EDH deck. <laughs> it's red for
1: Omnath in the main, and then the sideboard, you have like Meltdowns and Pyroblasts and shit, and boo. But, yeah, this is a, this is a Sultai. This is a Sultai list for the most part, with uh, a couple of white pips for removal. I mean, like, literally for Swords and Prismatic Ending. And otherwise, you're Sultai, except you're only Sultai for Grist and Leovold. So, yeah. there's I, a lot of,
0: we're only this bec-
1: yeah. because of this? Because of these three cards.
0: Yeah, but... It's uh, that's just how many cards, I mean, it's a Yorion deck, so it's got 80 cards. Yep. You have room. You got room. There is one super noticeable
1: inclusion to this deck.
0: I haven't actually looked at the list. So we've got uh typical mana dorks. Let's see. Koatl, Scooze, Endurance, Leovold. Leovold seeds some play. I don't know if that's the card you're talking about, but Leovold seeds some play like a while ago yep. when he was like a $60 card. Yep. And then that's when I bought some and <laughs> now and he's fucking that's a, a $3 fucking, card. Yeah. $3 card. Hooray. Uh, and then we've got Nyssa Resurgent Animus. Yep. So this is a
1: new card from the Aftermath, which is Magic's first shot at DLC. What do you mean? Well, it's... Have you, do you know what Aftermath is? No. They're. Oh, was
0: that that tiny little...
1: They're five-card packs. Yeah, that thing. You mentioned that. They're full price. It's a 50-card set. They're five-card pa- they're fi- they're five packs. They're five-card packs.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that you tell me and then like my brain just goes don't need to know that never we'll spend money on that so here's the (laughs) only thing
1: the only thing genuinely wrong with this is they charge full price for them
0: because I I
1: I think it was Aspiring Spike was talking about it as like where this fits and it could have been MTG Goldfish as like a mechanic for Watsy to use and it's actually a phenomenal thing what this allows Watsy to do is print cards that are standard legal and pioneer legal and modern legal without fucking up draft. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually phenomenal. It's really cool that, and like, the, how, stage it however you want, this is the aftermath of the war, sure. whatever. But it, it's a little supplemental product afterwards where it's like, here's the things that we we liked, we think they're good, they're flavorful, they're powerful, but they just don't fit in the draft. And they're just gonna fuck up a draft format. We'll put them into this little dinky set. The problem is,
0: you're charging a fuck ton of money for it. Yeah, I mean, this this is a $35 card.
1: Yes. Well, just, just back the, the packs are full price. It's a five card pack. They're full price. And I, I actually, so I, I, I broke my own rule and bought some packs. Jake. We we broke even, <laughs> um, out of the three packs we bought, I think we pulled out like two mythics and four rares or three rares. So I, they're a little closer to like the set booster
0: where they're a little They're Your odds of pulling special cards are a little higher, but are you guaranteed a rare? Yes, you're still guaranteed a rare. So basically so, they just cut out the uncommons in the common.
1: Yeah. And two of my three, um, two of my three packs had either double mythic or double rare. So like I did they just shouldn't cost full price. They shouldn't be a six, seven, they shouldn't be a six and a half dollar pack. It was I think we paid sixteen dollars for three of them because there's a bundle at Walmart. And mm-hmm. so they're like five and a half dollars a piece. Yep. They should be like a two fifty pack. And it, like that's my only complaint. If these were oddly enough same thing as with Magic Thirty, my only complaint is like just make them cheaper, guys. Recognize that it's a, it's a little cheaper supplemental product. Like when's the last time you bought a game for sixty bucks and the DLC was sixty
0: bucks? The DLC is fifteen, dude. That just reminded me. Fucking Diablo Four is seventy dollars on like. Oh, that's gonna become a thing. I know. <laughs> well, it already has because they they've already gone from fifty. To six to fifty nine ninety nine. Yep. Now they're sixty nine ninety nine. It was uh,
1: I, it, someone else might have done it first, but uh Call of Duty, Modern mm-hmm. Warfare Two was seventy bucks. Yeah. And like once one AAA title does, and it was super popular, everyone bought it, they're all gonna be seventy now. Yeah. Which but, in fairness, I video games prices haven't gone up much in the last ten years. Yeah, and
0: we've talked about that before. Uh this is where my brain pops in and I go, Well, I'm not gonna pay fucking seventy dollars for it anyway, so I don't give go. a fuck. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, anyway, to get back like, but um that's what
1: aftermath is. It's yeah. this little supplemental set. Most of the cards are are iffy slash okay. Most of them seem a little more geared towards commander, but like I thought it was a really it's a really cool idea. I just wish it was a little cheaper and then it'd be a phenomenal idea. Gotcha.
0: Well, this Nissa seems pretty good with Fetchlands.
1: We should read what Nissa does.
0: So it's a three mana, three three. That's two and a green. green. Uh, For Legendary Elf Scout, it's got Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, add one mana of any color. So you got Lotus Cobra. Then, if this is the second time this ability has resolved, this turn, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal an elf or elemental card. Put that card into your hand, the rest on the bottom of your library in random order.
1: That is an incredibly powerful line of text. With fetches, that's really fucking good. (laughs) When you get to make your fetch lands draw a creature.
0: Well, and the big thing is it's so it's not just draw a creature. This is in my opinion this is better than draw a creature because if you look at what they've done, there's one elemental in this deck. Yep. Or there might be two. Yeah, there's one. So this card reads play a fetch draw uh Omnath. Well, a little
1: more than that. You get this this reads draw Omnath leovold or endurance
0: oh yeah i forgot leovold in there
1: like, but, like said, but the point high-end creatures yeah this you will never draw noble
0: hierarch you'll never draw birds yeah. of paradise and that's like this is this would be way worse if it was reveal cards yep. until you hit a creature yeah and it's, it's gonna, not it's, you can dial it, this in
1: you're gonna get a good creature you're gonna get on average you're either gonna You're half the time you're gonna get endurance half the time you're gonna get omnath or leovold and oddly enough You can always cast them because presumably you spent three mana on Nyssa and And you're packing your fourth fetch land. Yeah, you just got to fetch. So So, um, This deck, I don't know if it's been making waves. Aspiring Spike has been all over this card. And it is a very powerful card. Um,
0: Well, especially because it's going to come realistically, it's frequently going to come down on turn two. I mean, it's a little iffy in this deck, but like it's a three drop. A lot of decks are going to be running this. You're you're powering it out early. You're going to Llanowar Elf, Birds Paradise, Noble Hierarch. you know me. Um, how,
1: the closest thing to this would be uh, Felidar Retreat. Mm-hmm. I fucking love a card that makes lands real draws, mm-hmm. and that's that's the, that's what this is. It turns your lands into a real draw.
0: And while a three three for three is not what it used to be, uh-uh. it's at least on curve.
1: Yep. So well, like it's and it's a lowest copper too. Like it's, right.
0: Yeah. That and to be fair, that doesn't stop. You it's still, just on the second one yes. you get a fucking mana. Yeah, you use have and an you extra, get the card. Yep. and then your third land, like you can just do this indefinitely. It's yeah. just Lotus Cobra, Lotus Cobra for one more. Yep. Like with a much but, better body, like
1: Omnath instead of on your set, which arguably better. Instead of your second land giving you a bunch of extra mana, your second land draws you a relevant card.
0: Yep. What's the rest of the deck? Sorry, I'm just. Uh, your second land still gives you the mana. <laughs> Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just, the way you worded that, I was checking to see if there was an instead. But yeah, it's just, you get the mana, this resolves, now yeah. go get the card.
1: I've seen this card played quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. you 100% get that second mana. Uh,
0: the rest of the deck we've talked about to death. Uh, we'll still go over it, but it's like, like we said, mana dorks, some utility creatures with Icefang Waddle, and like yep. Endurance, Leovold, that crap, uh, Omnath and Uro, those are, you know. Peanut butter and jelly, in my opinion, yep. in this kind of deck. Yeah, I'll tell you what, guys. So bad news for anyone playing Cantor Cartel
1: Bingo. I will not say we're going to keep it short. Yeah. I don't promise a four episode to make up for last week,
0: but, but yeah, I, we almost always go longer. On but after. we'll uh we'll go a little longer this week, probably. Yeah. Um then we've got a couple planeswalkers. We've got grist because duds, green sun zenith deck. Yep. Uh one to fairy, because duds fucking Teferi. <laughs> yep. Sorry, three fairy, just so everybody knows which one it is. Then we've got a whole lot more does. So brainstorm, Green Sun, Zenith, Ponder, Prismatic Ending, Swords to Plowshares, and Seven Forces. Seven Force Awards. Any wills. of those cards surprise you at this point. It could be new. You are probably new. Let's just say yep. that. Uh then we got a couple, uh we got a mana fixer with abundant growth, cantrips fixes mana, um, and then a Sylvan and library.
1: No Notable does combo very well with Yorion.
0: Yeah. I mean there's there's all kinds of stuff going on, but like just the card itself, abundant growth, fixes your mana it's it's basically astrolabe that's fundamentally why yep. it's run
1: it's a very very
0: good and then also becomes very live when you eventually do cast your Orion. a thought just occurred to me i don't think i ever clocked out
1: well i'll be emailing payroll tonight <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> luckily it's easy to fix yeah I, have you ever emailed payroll at our job they are uh, so brisk and cut. he's like yeah, this has been fixed and i'm like and they're not mean. I guarantee there's like two people's job, and all they do all day long is change punches. <laughs> yep. And they're probably
0: so fucking tired of dumb technicians. Well, if you think about it, it just costs it, that kind of stuff. It costs you know hundred thousand dollars a year yep. to just fix it people's costs time clock.
1: <laughs> two full time people. All they do is fix punches. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever clocked out. Whoopsies. Anywho, luckily I have a text message from dispatch telling me, you know, I know when the phone call ended. I know exactly when I should have clocked out.
0: Yep. Um, then we got about 29 lands, a bunch of four-color stuff, and then wasteland because why not? We have room. We've got room and uh, it's free fucking game, wasteland. And, and free games are free games. Yep. One, mm, like... The f- number of free games you're going to get with Wasteland in this deck is reduced because you're not a. It's eighty lands. So you're not going to get. It. You don't have many ways to punish it, so you're not going to like Wasteland Aesir, um, that kind of thing. What it does handle though is there's all kinds of problematic cards that caught, like Gaia's Cradle and Dark Depths and yeah. shit like that, where it's just like I don't necessarily need to Wasteland your volcanic island. I want to get rid of some of the most powerful lands ever printed.
1: But the best, yeah, the absolute best land, uh, and the then best sometimes way to on it. turn
0: two you just win. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is great. You wasteland their second land, they never draw a third.
0: Yep. Uh, Sideboard again. um, Doesn't look like there's any new cards here, at least from my perspective. There's a couple that we don't typically see in these decks. So, Carpet of Flowers is a, you know, oh, yeah. We're right back into duh territory. I'm
1: going to disagree with you there. Carpet of Flowers is a duh when Delver
0: is a major player. And Delver right now isn't a major player. You're right for most other green decks. To me, it's kind of a dud in this. A, 50% of the meta is still blue. True. So you've got a coin flip that it's going to produce mana. True. It does fix the hell out of your mana, too.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's a big thing about it, is it yeah. does it does fix your mana. And
0: it's still, and Delver's still 10 or 12% of the meta, so it's still, it's there. still great. Um, running four, I would agree with you. It's not typical to see four. That feels like a bit of a leftover. Yeah. That, well, that to me feels like, like I really want this effect, like, um. So, uh, anywho, so we got meltdown. Obviously, artifact decks, pyroblast. Uh, guy is blessing for like uh mill shenanigans. What's uh, what am I thinking of? Emerald uh, cool. brain farting. Uh,
1: yeah, it's mill.
0: Like, uh, painter and stuff like that. Oh, painter. Yeah, because you, you just on. need I to see. throw one in your deck. Yep, and they just mill and then. Interesting. You just get I mean, in my name.
1: opinion, interesting that it's a it's a it's castable. It's yeah, usually emerald. It's emmerical. not even a
0: horrible card.
1: Yep, it's just castable. It's just like if it ever gets stuck in your hand, you can just cycle it to draw a card
0: yep. and the art is fantastic um, it's good art we've got uh, another endurance force of negation minskin boo then we've got a couple that are kind of spicy for this list yes uh so under mountain adventure so right back to there's occasionally just decks that just run uh-huh. an initiative card that we talked about so this is the green initiative card and then we've got bane of progress which is an edh card 100 so like i fucking love seeing this
1: well, so, there's going to be people that may not know what Bane of Progress does. Yeah,
0: so Bane of Progress is a 6-mana, 2-2. Two, two. It's 4-colorless and 2-green. Elemental. When it ETBs destroy all artifacts and enchantments, put a plus-1, one, plus-1 one counter on Bane of Progress for each permanent destroyed this way. That is really strong against certain decks mm-hmm. when it resolves. So, that's just like, I win. Like, for example, if you can cast that at the right time against 8-cast, the game's probably just over. I, I think...
1: Uh, There's a ton of other decks. Oh, for sure. But, like, ACAS, is a great example where if you have six mana, the game is at a spot where Bane of Progress probably just wins. More than likely, yes. Like, either you have stopped them once and they've clawed their way back into the game, or you have somehow been at parity, where Mm -hmm. you are keeping them at bay, and then Bane of Progress comes in as a
0: fucking 10-10. Right, and that's the big thing against those kind of decks, is, yeah, it's kind of like... I've, we've talked about it before where you need disruption and a threat. Like yep. Disruption frequently isn't enough. Yep. Bane of Progress is both. Uh-huh. And against the right deck, it is very good at being a threat. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like one, man, one typically speaking, one-sided board wipe yep. and then a 10-10. Like, yep.
1: And in a world where that doesn't line up, as we've seen, one bad card or one fun of in your sideboard, totally reasonable. Yeah.
0: Well, and the, base, the best thing about this, again... It's a green sun zenith deck. So just throwing one in the deck, you just like, cool, I have five of these in my deck now. Yes. It does cost. And,
1: and I mean the so cost I, is real. I'm on the I'm on the side of the aisle where it's like, that's probably not the card to put in that slot. If we're talking about building an optimal deck, Bane of Progress probably I mean, I probably wouldn't take Bane of Progress over a third meltdown, being totally honest. But it's not a terrible card. Because it isn't like in my opinion the most optimal choice, it's still a fine choice. It does a if it was a third meltdown, like it still is doing the thing it needs to really really well. Yep. In my opinion, it just does it a little too slowly.
0: More than likely, yes.
1: But you do get the payoff and like you said, uh
0: if it isn't too slow, it kills them in two turns. Well, that's the thing is like So like, just, so with meltdown, you still have you can meltdown. Have, you have to win the game. You still have to win the game. Bane of progress just wins the game, it's, and it's not a yep. blue card, so it doesn't just eat a Pyroblast and exactly. you're dead. Like, a resolved Bane of Progress in this particular meta it's going to be really hard to fucking kill. So you it's got, nice. like, Swords to Plowshares. Against
1: any deck, obviously, that's
0: you're right. coming in against, yeah. But, like, even if you just take the meta as a whole, Swords to Plowshares and Snuff Out, those are the only two commonly played cards that are realistically going to kill this, because it yeah. costs six. So, like, any of the CMC stuff's out the yeah, window. out the window. Like presumably if as long as it comes in out of bolt range. Yep. Yeah, which I mean has to kill two artifacts to come in out of bolt yep. range because probably will. Because it's not a zero that's one of the things to keep in mind. It's not a zero zero. A two, two. So it's a two two already. So if it nukes a chalice of the void and an artifact land, yeah. now a four four and can't be bolted. Yep. I know that's a weird combination of cards to pick with uh lightning bolt, which an artifact could, land happened. and a chalice of the void. But like just it happened. Yep. Well it's just the artifacts popped into my head. You just yeah. need to nuke two. Yep. So that's our winner. Meat pie. Congratulations, mental misstep. Second place, we have Jeskai Control. Um, So, this is the Planeswalker version of it. So, we've got eight Planeswalkers and no mainboard creatures. I haven't gone over to the side. Doesn't look like we have anything in the side either. So, we're winning nope. with either Shark Typhoon or Planeswalker shenanigans. Um, Oddly enough, the staff isn't in here. Sta- storyteller staff or staff the staff storyteller? The storyteller. Uh, that's not in here. I don't see that. Uh, we do have. I'm just gonna go over the notable exceptions here because it's it's blue-white control. Yeah, we've seen it before. Uh, we've got a couple minor missteps. Uh, one Dude, day's that card's undoing.
1: Fucking amazing. Yep, I get to cast minor misstep. That card feels so good when it's good. The, the number of times you get to leave one blue up on like turn one or two and just feel so safe
0: against and you. Just you just throw that against the like the first reasonable fucking thing they yep. play. You're just like cool. I'm gonna brainstorm. No, you're not.
1: I felt so. Go ahead so and force nice. this. Please. Like
0: please force this.
1: Like <laughs> getting to catch people with mental misstep. That card is
0: well, it's how it's good.
1: It's great. And again, it, it gets cited out plenty often, but like when that card's good, it feels
0: so good. Well, it's the perfect, the perfect analog to this is turn one delver of secrets. Okay, untap bolt. Yep. Like we we've each we've just, spent one man on this. we are one for one. We're just we're good to go. Yep. And that's what mental it always does that. Minor misstep. Yeah, minor misstep. Mental misstep has got all kinds of problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got men, uh, minor misstep. Funny thing is, I didn't even play Legacy during minor misstep or mental misstep. See, I can't even keep them straight. Yep, I keep misstepping. Um, but like, it's just been ingrained in me because of that card. So like, yep. I anywho, it is a um, it's a pillar of the format in a
1: way, or it's a it's a pillar of a format long lost. Yeah,
0: like, yeah. I mean, well, it it was. Like it defined it was a card that defined a meta. And yep. when it was gone, the meta changed.
1: Like Underworld Breach. Like Underworld Breach for Very two, briefly for was two weeks weeks the meta. <laughs> defined legacy. Yeah. Um, if you're a modern player, think of Hogak. Hogak defined modern. Yeah. Or
0: fucking uh, Eldrazi Winter. It's yep. just like gee, good lord. Yeah. I
1: have Ugin defined modern.
0: Uh like I said, one day's undoing to take advantage of those uh Narsets in there and just occasionally just be a savage. Um then we've got some dress downs, plenty of utility there. We've gone over that a ton. Uh Shark Typhoon as just an alternate win con and just an additional value yep. shenanigans. Uh, again, something we've talked about both of these cards at their worst they cycle. Yep. And this is when cycling first came out, that was one of the things that was kind of like the power level of magic was a lot lower. Uh-huh. But they stapled cycling onto cards that then they then made the card basically suck to have cycling on it yep and it's just like well i don't want this in my deck anyways so it's, it's not a matter of like oh if i draw this and i don't need yeah. it at this point i can pay two and cycle it it's i don't even want these cards in my deck yeah. for the most part
1: it's kind of like the uh the lesson cards from strict haven where they're all some of them are some of them are not as bad but they're all overcosted mm-hmm. by at least one or two mana they're overcosted because you get to tutor them with certain cards and yeah. like the problem is most of the learned cards aren't that good and most of the lesson cards weren't that good but yep. that's how you do it is they make a new mechanic it adds a lot of utility to a card they have to balance it and sometimes they balance it by making the cards too weak or too expensive
0: and then they just don't see play at all yep uh where something like Dress down and shark typhoon while i hate shark typhoon's name and the overall design of the yeah. card like from it like the flavor of it is just stupid <sighs> um the actual card itself is really cool and a really well-designed card.
1: Dude, we were so shocked when, one, they
0: printed Sharknado. And then, two, it was good. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? (laughs) You couldn't have... Like, it's so... It drives me nuts. Because, like, within the Magic community, it's a joke. Yep. But, like, from the outside looking in, you're like, Shark Typhoon? Yeah. so You guys guys are going to cast Sharknado? Right. We're playing with Sharknados. I'm going to Sharknado your... uh, I don't know. Let's go with Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's not out yet. Or Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, anywho, we have beat that horse to death as well. So, Just Guy Control, ton of red cards inside. Um, I would like to request we hit the Planeswalker Breakdown. Oh, sure. Uh, so, we got four Narset, Part of Veil's. Uh, we've talked about this card a ton. This card generates insane yep. value, incredibly punishing in the yep. current meta. And like, I think
1: uh, I think the decline of Delver is directly responsible for the increase in Narset cuz Narset had a had a place when Delver was out and without Delver, these three-mana planeswalkers like Narset are in, are so much better.
0: Well not only are they a lot easier to cast consistently, they stick around a lot longer in a yep. slightly less aggressive meta. Yep. Um so like casting Narset even if she resolves Frequently, she's just going to die against delver Yeah. Like, they're just going to tap their Murktide and kill her. Yep. So, like, you're like, yeah, I'm going to pay three to, like, get the best card off my deck. Go yeah, four be- deep.
1: Like, yep. Basically cast a, uh, like, an
0: impulse. Yeah. Um. So, like, eh, that's okay. And it does get you some life. because yep. they, you know, it does eat a Murktide attack yep. or a Delver attack. But when she's going to stick around, Narset can take over the game. Yeah. I mean, it's nuts. Well, it's that whole, like, you need to dig for an
1: answer to Narset, but you can't. Yep, you're not allowed to dig. That the deck is built, the deck that Narset's good against, are built around digging for answers, and you don't get to. Yeah. I so mean, if you if you get your one brainstorm in response and don't find the answer, you're in deep shit. It's a rough, you're, you need to draw something soon.
0: Yep. Uh, then we've got uh, two more three fairies. Again, we talk about three fairy a ton. He's just insane again. Yeah, it just fundamentally just breaks magic. Fifty percent of <laughs> decks, as we just talked about, yep. in this challenge, for our side. Sorry, in this top thirty-two, have force of will. And you could say, I mean, like, if we had to pick a number of what decks
1: do you think are interested in interacting at instant speed? Almost all of them. <laughs> 85, 95 yeah. percent? Like, there are some decks that just, like, they play on their turn. For the most part, they don't give a shit. But 90 plus percent yeah. of decks in Legacy are interested in interacting with spells at instant speed.
0: Yeah, and that 85 percent that is game one. By the time you get to game two, almost every deck yes. has sideboard cards that are our instance. Yep. So, Elves is the a great example yeah, there's Assassin's almost trophy. no instance there's like once upon a time
1: yeah you are pretty much interested you're gonna you are playing on your turn and else right except in game two when, when you, you have got Assassin's all trophy kinds of shit. and all kinds of stuff yeah, yeah. sometimes uh, snuff
0: out yeah and then we've got the wandering emperor uh probably in my opinion the best way to end the game currently yep. in legacy with a planeswalker yep um
1: dodges pyroblast dodges elemental blast um and just pumps out dudes Yep. Instant speed, end of your turn, cast it, maybe exile your attacking creature. Actually, not end of turn, but or just make a 2 2. My turn, make a 2 2. Yep. Your, uh, my turn again, pump a creature, make a 2 2. Then make a like it is a token factory. Yeah. And it's slow, but these decks are slow.
0: Yeah. I mean, the deck is designed to make the game go long. You know, it doesn't need to be fast. Um, So sideboard, bunch of blasts. So we've got blue elemental blast, hydro blast meltdown pyroblast red elemental blast basically just the most efficient answers for blue and red dude
1: do you know how fucking badly i want to cast red elemental blast and pioneer (laughs) i want i just every time i'm playing and i just god i want my pyroblast so bad i get i'll be playing and just get bodied by some four mana blue enchantment and i'm like god can i please
0: just tap a mountain and kill that. Yep, that's that's one of my favorite things about Pioneer. Is I like playing in a hyper efficient meta. I also like not playing in one yeah. as well. And like Pioneer, like if you cast your four drop, it'll probably resolve, yep. and you'll probably get something out of it. It's not just going to be like, oh, I'm going to cast my four drop. Okay, Pirate Blast,
1: dude. The I and I, I playing getting back into Legacy, I realize how stressful it is. Is I did elite. you get. <laughs> Get a little uh,
0: rusty playing against free counter spells. Oh fuck yeah! I did. <laughs>
1: um, I and and just I got rusty about playing magic in general at high like really complicated. But like, you know how much I immediately missed being able to go tap out your turn. Yep, do your thing. Just I can't. I I can't. I have, I'm playing blood play control. I have to bluff. I'm not allowed to tap my lands, play a sylvan library or whatever or no, whatever, I mean, and just pass the turn. I have to pretend I have force of will. Yeah. Whereas in Pioneer, it's like, dude, I have one red mana. You're fine. I just cast nothing and my deck goes. Yeah,
0: I'll let you know if I'm about to shock something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but no, I do love wandering emperor. I'm glad that's uh I I'm really glad to see that that is still the uh the finisher of choice for planeswalkers in legacy still.
0: Yep. Uh so after we've got the slew of blasts uh we've got some surgical extraction for graveyard hate and various other things this is a solid all-around utility card but obviously it has to hit a card in the graveyard uh then we've got containment priest for all sorts of shit as well (laughs) containment priest is like actually if you go and look it's the uh where was it it's in 25 percent of decks in this top 32 talking about getting rusty you know how rusty i was walked right into two
1: white did not no 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 okay I was playing against lands, I was playing with control, I believe, and I surgicaled their loam, forgot to take the one out of the graveyard, and proceeded to lose that game. (laughs) How
0: the fuck did you do that? That's the one you target. (laughs) He
1: was so fucked. This guy was so fucked without his loams, and
0: you gave him one, and it was already in his fucking graveyard. Yeah
1: forgot to take the loam out of his uh, graveyard that's punt. how rusty i was that's uh, that's why i didn't fire a league up yep
0: i'm <laughs> going like, to be a fucking i'm not paying to punt like <laughs> to this. lose like that <laughs> go ahead. Uh, anywho, so we've got containment priest. Makes perfect sense to me. Show and tells back in business. We've got yep. natural orders rolling around. We've got Reanimator's, re-animators everywhere, and that's just the like the big three. Yep. Like there's all kinds of ways to cheat shit out. People do it all. It, that's what legacy is. Yep. Like half the fucking meta is combo decks, for better or worse. Uh, then we've got some serenity for again the artifact stuff. Attacks it in a different way than meltdown. Coslix uh, return, board wipe. These are all kind of self-explanatory, and then ruination. <laughs> Says it right on there, destroy all non-basic lands. Yep. Wonder what that's in here for. We're playing basics, boys. <laughs> now, whether or not you'd rather have like Ruination versus back to basics versus Blood Moon, I think is an interesting discussion. We don't necessarily yes. have to have it, but that's those are these those kind of cards with this deck, because this deck only has three duels in it and alt in the main board, it's often not going to be using the Volcanic Island. Yep. So, like, and a Blood Moon would just be, you know, it's still a mountain at that point anyways. Yep. Um, And then it's just got two Tundras. So it could very easily operate under some, which is why it has Ruination. Yep. It's perfectly content to cast Ruination and just win the game against certain decks. Yep. Uh, but it could very easily operate with Back to Basics or a Blood Moon. Yep. So that's just probably a, a meta call and a personal preference going in there. You know, whatever this... Uh, MC's cards felt was a good call, but there's at least three solid cards that fit that role. Up, yep, we've got Mystic Forge combo. We also have it uh, in seventh place as well, so we'll cover both of them. They're probably the. I will tell you what.
1: Well, if you want, you, so you pull up the third place, I'll pull up seventh place.
0: There's one deck has one Voltaic Key and three mes- Mesmeric Orbs. The other has two Voltaic. <laughs> keys, and two orbs. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> That's the difference. And there's a couple different side sideboard cards that are different. Yeah. So, uh, just going over the deck, we'll do the uh, third place one since see placed higher. Way uh, to go, we got, Cherry X-Man. Yep. We've got Walking Ballista, one of them. Uh, we've got Four Karn, the Great Creator. It's the several sideboard cards in the... Yep. Or the several artifacts in the sideboard. Uh, we've got Echo of Aeons. Call that a wishboard. Well, he... This one isn't quite as hard on it, so it's not like fifteen different cards. We've got three dismember and four leyline of the void. Oh, okay. And then, so, like, it is. It you're yes. you're definitely not wrong, but, but half it's half
1: of a wishboard. It's is, like half
0: of a wishboard and then half fuck graveyards,
1: which I approve. Oddly enough, because a wishboard can't handle that really well, right? Not More quickly. Not in the not in the time sensitive manner it right, has to. Like,
0: I mean, you're never going to. I shouldn't say never because it's magic. Oh, but that like, kind of happened. Resolving to me, but. a. A Karn quick enough to yeah. resolve it, get yeah. like you know whatever graveyard piece you want, and then cast that and have it matter. Yep, rather just have Leyline of the Void. Rather just have Leyline of the Void. Yep, which is why mine have been sleeved since they I bought them and will never be unsleeved. <laughs> like
1: It's a very good card.
0: <laughs> I will not run a Legacy deck without Leyline of the Void. Like as far as. Like there's other like if you're in white you've got some options
1: yeah, that are well, arguably it's like dedicated graveyard hate yes case in point I would never go into an actual paper tournament and and, and probably I I would never play a legit tournament without uh, elves hate because like elves and reanimator... elves and graveyard decks are the same where when you don't respect them they fucking crush
0: you yep. and with a little bit of respect they're terrible I wouldn't say terrible I mean elves is been pretty consistently one of the top decks. That's Re-
1: true. That's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But but with a little bit of spec- principles, they, they're very beatable. Right. Whereas if you don't respect grave, like I said, when you don't respect graveyard decks, they fucking they- curbs. Reanimator curbs on you on turn one or two. Whereas if you just throw some ley lines in there and you slow them down with a ley line, you might
0: have time. Yep. Um. Then we've got a ton of artifacts. Three lines, I diamond, four petals, four mox opals four manifold keys. Pithing Needle, Voltaic Key, four Defense Grid, <laughs> four Grim Monolith, three Mesmeric Orbs, three Basalt Monoliths, four Mystic Forge. So, that's the deck. Do Artifact Shenanigans, keep casting stuff off the top of your deck, keep untapping the yep. fucking Mystic Forge with the uh, the keys, cycle through your deck with the Echo of Aeons, generate a bunch of mana, walking blister. Uh-huh. So... There's also a couple. There is an Etherflux Reservoir in the side where you're going to basically be a pseudo storm deck. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, just it doesn't casting zero.
1: It doesn't take very much storm to no. make Etherflux Reservoir kill your opponent. No, it does not. And only, that's the
0: that's literally the only reason it's in here.
1: The best thing about it is like because I, I love how Aetherflux Reservoir doesn't keep track of or, sorry it does keep track of storms when it's not there. Mm-hmm. Like you can cast it as your fortieth spell. Yep. Or your twenty fifth spell or whatever, and then cast a spell and gain twenty six life. Yep, like I love that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't have to cast it. Yeah, it doesn't have to, to be out, out at the beginning spells. of the chain.
0: Nope. Yeah. Um. As far as the sideboard goes, because that's super important in this deck. Here's your Tormod's Crypt. So there's some graveyard hate. Uh, again, Karn costs four. Yep. So still pretty slow. But to be fair, you can also bring that in in addition to the Leyline Boy. You can bring it bring in, in and like. The there's
1: a lot of times where, I mean, think about like a. Uh, Like a lands deck. So you're playing against lands and they're loaming. Mm -hmm. Like a very you have time. And a very real line is to get get karn, go get uh Tormod script and get their loam. Mm -hmm. Like that
0: that's And you can do that without sacrificing four cards in your deck for
1: Leyline. Yeah. For Leyline. I don't necessarily want to bring in four Leyland of the Void against the loam deck. I already have my four Karns and those will get me my those
0: effectively are Tormod script. Yes. Um then we've got a couple cards in here that are just basically, they're not necessarily hate pieces, they're I want to go from four copies of the deck to seven by yep. moving one into my side. So we've got Ley Line, uh, Lion's Eye Diamond, Yep. Um, we already talked about Torment Script, Mesmer Orb. that's in the main, yep. Lion's Eye Diamond's in the main, Basalt Monolith's in the main. Uh, then we've got Three Dismember, talked about earlier, and one Ensnaring Bridge, duh. I'm saying duh a lot because a lot of these cards are like Yeah, there's it, there's
1: this these are all very common in, the, in your Karn wishboard. Nothing yeah. here is super surprising.
0: Uh the reservoir we talked about, the voids we talked about, one mycosynth lattice. So I just makes sense to me. Like yeah, I'm there. If you're running Karn and that card's lethal, you should run that.
1: There's such a such a low cost as putting a Mycosynth lattice in your sideboard and where just, you and you the don't game's great game like, anymore. Yeah. Oh, I have Karn and two lion's eye diamonds up. Cool. Yeah. Game's over.
0: I hope you have lethal on the board.
1: Yep. Because it's the only thing it doesn't you're answer. <laughs> done playing the game. Yep. Uh, then we've got, uh, I skipped it. In fairness, you could have Force of Vigor.
0: Yeah, like, there but are a couple, yeah, few and far between. Yeah, it's
1: pretty was, fucking uncomfortable. Before
0: someone gets on the Reddit and goes, um, actually, I know Force of Vigor exists. Um, We've got Sky Sovereign cons- console flagship. So, I don't think we've talked about this card much. I, it's probably come up a couple times. It sees a lot more play in Pioneer.
1: Yeah. It's a pretty good vehicle to reanimate in Pioneer, but it um, it does exist in Legacy.
0: Yeah, every now and then. So, it's five mana for a five colorless for a 6-5 legendary artifact vehicle. It's got flying. Whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage, to target creature, or planeswalker, and opponent controls, and it's got crew of three. So, that to me primarily seems like a searchable lightning bolt. With the occasional effect of... I think, it, I mean... It's going to hose creature decks. Well, the thing is, you don't have a ton of ways to crew it. Like, it's basically walking ballista. Well, you're right. Yeah, so like...
1: I think about that. It's, pretty,
0: like, in a lot of builds, like, if you it's had... literally a, couple, a
1: five mana lightning bolt.
0: Right. So if you had, like, a different Karn that could make some tokens, then you could have some tokens to crew it. You do Versa Saga. That's true. Did that it, that does that. help quite a yep. bit. Um, yep, 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 we yep. did overlook that briefly. Uh, so that becomes crewable, basically, yes. other than the Walking Ballista. And I think
1: the so- Sky Sovereign um, is a good card against creature decks, where when every turn you get oh, to if you bolt get a creature... It online, it's fucking nuts. It's debilitating.
0: Well, I mean, not only are you bolting a creature, it's a fucking 6-5. Imagine does. if you're Murktide, lightning bolted as uh-huh. well. <laughs> it also
1: attacks for 6, yeah.
0: Right. So, like, In the air. Yeah, I, every turn, for the next three turns, I'm going to kill your best probably one of your best dudes and punch you for 6. Yep. Or your planeswalker. Yeah. Figure that out. And that to me is even better in a lot of times than yeah. killing your creatures. I can attack you and your planeswalker at the same yes. time. Like that's
1: like, like we talked about how like Narset doesn't gain you for life anymore. Right. Like I'm attacking you for 6 and hitting your Narset for 3 and killing her. She's gone.
0: So, guys got uh the console flagship solid card. But yeah, that's deck. That's Mystic Forge in 3rd and 7th place. Um, next, we have what's listed as Demir artifacts, but it's basically eight cast. Uh, the only card have we talked much about Patchwork Automaton? I know we've t- brought it up. I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it. Okay. Um, it's worth talking
1: about. It's a it's a phenomenal card. I don't think it sees enough play. A two mana one one with Ward two, which very relevant. Ward two is a Ward two is the minimum to be significant. These cards that say Ward pay three life. That's nothing. If um, the creature's good enough, it's gonna die. Ward one is close to nothing. Ward two and up is where it's like it's kind of painful to pay well, three man to sword something.
0: I was gonna say the biggest thing to me is like if you put ward one on it, that means it's almost always gonna trade a parody. And that's yeah. fine. Sure. You're gonna sword this. I paid two, you paid two, yep. we're even. If you put ward two on it, all of a sudden you're gonna pay more than I paid yep. to kill it. And I probably got some value out of it too. So I'm more than likely ahead. Unless you did a board wipe or some shenanigans like meltdown.
1: (laughs) Yep. The other piece of relevant text on here is whenever you cast an artifact spell, put a plus one plus one
0: counter on it. Yes. So it's a very good threat. Um, I'm really happy to, it, it got thrown right into like modern affinity. Yep. Makes perfect sense there. Um, Modern affinity still kind of top 32s every now and then. Um, It doesn't frequently top eight. So we don't talk about it a whole lot, Yeah. but it, was just found a home right in there. fits the deck very well, in my opinion.
1: It's a very good card. It's a, um, I played against it a fair bit in standard when it was standard legal or it is standard legal, but there was a deck around it. And every time they hit the board, there was very much a fuck feeling of like, this is going to be hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how I feel about these, these ward. And the cat mechanic is a great example too. We're like these ward creatures that are hard to remove and just grow to be obnoxiously large.
0: I'm actually a huge fan of the mechanic ward um i think it's a much better alternative to shit like shroud or hexproof like i'd much rather
1: hexproof is obviously if i'm casting it i want to have hexproof but like it is such a poorly designed mechanic where like it's all one-sided like i love
0: shroud shroud's great this
1: game is all about interact it's like the fairy is all about interaction and then i get to cast a card that's just like
0: nope yep um whereas like to me shroud goes there there's disadvantages to shroud there's none I, there
1: to, are i think there's significantly more advantages than disadvantages
0: well yeah i mean there obviously
1: are disadvantages
0: but like it's at least symmetrical yes so like you have to at least keep that in mind whereas hexproof at no point would you not want your creature to have hexproof yeah a hundred percent like it's never a bad thing to put on a creature right and ward is the same thing except it's also toned down where it's like it puts some interplay on it yeah make some decisions here don't just remove all decisions yeah uh, I'm actually, I'm, they kind of have it already, but in the reverse, I'm curious if they're, they'll ever print spells that have ward, and they may have already, and I just don't know, don't but it like, of. this card costs four more to counter. Yeah. I like, don't think they have. I think that it's kind of like a reverse mana leak. Yeah. I think that'd be, in in as opposed to uncounterable. It would be a great way, and I actually, it
1: would be kind of cool to see some spells in Legacy that were like four-ish mana but they cost two more to counter or something like where you can try and jam some more expensive spells. I'm looking for control decks. I play control, but you, you feel better committing to these heavier and more expensive, like a mystic confluence that costs two to counter.
0: Right. Well, the, so the, the fun thing with me is like that creates a little bit of a mini game from the person who's casting it. So it's like, I know you have will. I can't just cast natural order into yep. you having three or four cards in your hand. Right. That's really dangerous. Odds are, 100%. especially if, you know, if I haven't seen a force yet, yeah, you probably have a force. Yep. If natural order reads can't be countered unless they pay one, yeah, then I can wait for a window in which you tap yep. out, and then I can sneak it through. Yep. And it's still kind of le- it's not just like natural order, but it can't be countered, and I can just throw it in your face and be like, "Ha, fuck you!" I can yeah, because that's spell.
1: like that's probably a bad design.
0: Yeah, it makes it so like, and I don't mind. I don't mind value stuff or answers being uncounterable for the most part, um, like situational ones. So like Void Range is a good example, uh-huh. where it's like, it costs three mana, it kills everything, can't be countered. But you're paying for it, costs three of three different colors.
1: Yep, it costs Esper.
0: Right. Something like Natural Order definitely shouldn't be uncounterable at its current mana cost. Yep. If you start getting up into the five and six mana range, at that point, I'm like, I don't give a fuck if they well, staple like, that.
1: When's the last time you got mad about six mana Chandra? Right. The so whatever, Whichever one it is, but like six mana Chandra is uncounterable. Like, no one gets mad about that. Right. You paid it, six for it. and It's like, going to resolve. And six mana Chandra kills your opponent every single time.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: it comes in and immediately does a plus one that gives them the emblem that they lose a life every turn. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like this game will end. Oh, I, I almost promise there are some decks that can gain infinite life, but, like, that's a six mana uncounter spell that I don't care if you void rend it as soon as you can. The game will end soon.
0: Yeah. it's a, It's got something you bleed, on you. You bleed now. Yeah.
1: Um, so I, That would be a really cool design space to see them interact with. It's a, As long as it's relatively balanced...
0: Um, you got to put that caveat on everything nowadays. What, with wizards.
1: I, what Matt and I are kind of dancing around is this idea that we play pioneer now. And just, I love the idea that sometimes there's just not free interaction. I really like that. There's just, isn't always free interaction. Now I get that in legacy, you have to, yeah, it's like, it's just you, the game just plays wildly differently, but it, yeah, it's so, and like, it just going up like, the deck, the control, decks, control decks have to play differently. The way you play into things is so different, and it's it's very much. And as as someone who plays control decks, and who plays combo decks, and who plays mid range decks, it's just a breath of fresh air to be like, "There's a little, there's there's less bullshit of like, oh, does he have force of will, force negation, force of vigor, subtlety, solitude, whatever."
0: All of them.
1: Yeah, and I get you like you don't get rid of force of will, obviously, or force negation, but to get some stuff where like if I can push the game long. I can cast a six-mana spell or a five-mana spell that does a really powerful thing and is harder for you to counter.
0: Yep. Or if you can accelerate into it, you can almost guarantee it's not going to be countered. Exactly, yeah. So like if you're, um, for example, if your Patchwork Automaton red countered unless they pay two, the odds that you can cast it on turn two pretty and it resolves high. are pretty high.
1: Yep. They have to have Force of Will and left two mana up. Yeah, like- and
0: it actually gets worse as the game goes on. But again, yep. it doesn't ever become irrelevant because you can wait for them. You get you get a window. It yep. creates a mini game in which you you're looking for a window.
1: Yep, you get to play days. You get to play the days the days game.
0: So, anywho, uh, it doesn't look like there's anything. There's nothing new that I see in the sideboard. Uh, we've talked about that deck quite a bit. Um, I should mention this deck. This version of it is running. Uh, what was it? Uh, Two hole breacher. Which is a little unusual because I don't see unless I'm just missing it. I don't see a wheel, so they're just running Hole Breacher because Hole Breacher is awesome. Which it does. I it, don't deny
1: it does synergize with Capricanier really well, and that you have artifacts et. It, it synergizes with uh, Capricanier and yeah. Thought Monitor really well, where you have artifacts et being or or having or paying for affinity. But yeah, there's no wheel. There's no wheel abuse. It's well, just
0: yeah. The reason I bring that up is the original deck. That's what this deck did. Yeah, it was had, eight
1: cast. They would run one to three, usually,
0: and of Echoes. Right.
1: And Echo they'd have like Lion,
0: because that was the only uh, um, reserve list card in the deck was Lion's Eye Diamond. Yep, they had that, Whole Breacher, and Echo. Yep. And
1: this is just Whole Breacher as a hate piece.
0: Yeah, just Whole Breacher as a hate piece. So that is notable. Next up, we've got some four color deck. Let's see what the hell this is. Hey, it's more meat pie. <laughs> hey, look at that. They there. just cut the uh, the Leovold. <laughs> so. Uh, let's see. Go through here real quick. This is quite a bit different. This is act- actually looking at this again. This isn't meat pie. This is four color control.
1: Geez, um, Matt, you suck at labeling decks.
0: I do. Well, it would help if you know this did it for me. But it I saw what? the eighty-five <laughs> percent of the cards are the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's just missing. Basically, you cut the mana dorks, which are horrible in a control deck, and the green sun package, and the green sun package, and you get some more yep. stuff. So you get like. The, the removal's the concerned. same. The Brainstorm Ponders
1: is Force of Will. That's all the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you do have the control package, or the long game win package of like Uro, Staff of the Storyteller, will um, the Mirror Breaker, which didn't drop in price at all <laughs> after being banned in Standard.
0: Yeah, well, nobody plays Standard, especially in paper. Yeah. If people are playing paper, I mean, or people are playing Standard, they're probably playing it on... It's definitely note. not
1: driving prices. That's for sure.
0: Well, and especially like, I can see it how... See how it would drive prices on cards that don't see play in any other format. Yeah. But Fable the Mirror Breakers <laughs> the problem is they don't make cards
1: like that in standard anymore. Any card that's worth playing in standard, it sees play in legacy and modern.
0: Yeah. The uh but Fable in particular sees play in uh pretty solid play in all formats. Yep, that it's legal. Um let's see. Got 31 lands. Doesn't look like there's anything that's really notable there. One Caracas, the rest is Produced mana. Um sideboard. Blast, carpet of flowers, hydroblast, meltdown, pyroblast, red and blast. Again, yep. just the most efficient answers. Yep, just uh, your control, surgical deck. force of negation in one terminus. And t- I should say, I did overlook this: two terminus in the main and one in the side. I saw that. Yep. So terminus, terminus isn't dead. Making a comeback,
1: really is. I'm really happy to see that. I love terminus. Yep. Um, I got my four. They're a dollar a piece. Yeah, I but. was gonna
0: say. <laughs> <laughs> big spender every every
1: every month having four force of wills becomes less impressive <laughs> those yep. are going down well they. Just- i i waited for them to reprint force of will and then i bought them and then they proceeded to reprint force of will every over year and over and over after that <laughs> yeah i waited five years for a force of will reprint and then they reprinted it four years in a row
0: yep sounds about right um uh-huh.
1: Which is funny. I might eventually sell my Force of Wills to buy back into Reanimator. <laughs> I might just go full circle.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be funny. Uh, next up, we've got White Red Initiative. Um, so we've got. This is what I like seeing for initiative. Yeah, I like got seeing. have the Peacekeeper. Um, the a Argon. full
1: eight three mana hate pieces Peacekeeper and, Mary, and Archon, and then a full eight initiative cards.
0: Yep, this is like dedicated initiative. Yep. Um,
1: then what one uh four, eight, eight petals or whatever, eight petals basically, and then the full eight uh soul lands. Like I, I love
0: mean, realistically, there's actually twelve petals if you include Chrome Mox. because you've got Simeon Spirit Guide, Lotus Petal, and oh, Chrome yep. Mox.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about uh Simeon Spirit Guide. Yeah, you have twelve mana bumps, yep. and then you have eight soul lands. And you have technically you actually have uh you actually have twelve amazing turn one plays on three mana because you have Fable
0: the Mirror Breaker as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. a, it's a phenomenal turn one play. So, the f- bad thing as far as discussion goes is there's not really a whole lot else to we say. We just listed the whole deck. <laughs> the whole <laughs> deck. It's a whole bunch of four ofs yep. and we've talked about all of them. There are for, four like, solitudes also, for
1: removal, which is relevant.
0: Yep. yep. Um, sideboard, Swords Plowshares, Containment Priest, Blood Moon, again, Blood Moon, right back to that three mana turn one, I win button. Yep. Uh, fairy, Lauren of the Third Path, and Magus of the Moon. So more turn one I win buttons. Yep. So whether or not the deck is popular from like a standpoint of like whether or not people like to play it, it's sticking around. Yep. It, it did not die no. with the ban. Uh, the funny thing is, I mean, the ban hurt Delver more than it hurt Initiative. Oh, way more. Still
1: chugging along. You still see it. I mean, I don't see Delver very not often. Not
0: gonna, not gonna lie. Not heartbroken about that. Nope.
1: <laughs> it can, it can spend a few months on the back burner.
0: Yep. And it still sees play, so like it's not like you can't play Delver. Yep, it's the third most played deck in the format right now. Yep, it's just not the first. Uh, rounding out the top eight, because seventh place was that Mystic Forge combo deck we talked about as well. We have Cephalid Breakfast. So one of the reasons
1: I'm excited that I'm back into playing a lot of like at least a lot more Legacy and Modern and whatnot because you want to cast step through. I have a story. <laughs> I had to have stories where I was playing Reanimator against Cephalid Breakfast. And, uh, in games two and three, a lot of times you bring in like a, a common strategy would bring in like, uh, oh, what's that black, black shadow guy?
0: I know who you sh- the, I know exactly who you're talking about, but I can't. He's a three, two with shadow. Yeah. Who and, affects uh, their, like when it Dorothy's goes void the void walker. Yes. Yeah.
1: And so like sometimes the strategy is like, what I'll do is I'll bring, I'll take the entire reanimator package out and I'll bring in show and tell and like Dothys and shit because against reanimator, a lot of decks will side their removal out because it's too late anyway. And, I mean, resolving a Dothie or two for black-black wins the game. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to attack you for three or six each turn. I was playing against Cephalid Breakfast, where Dothie's phenomenal anyway. And, like, I cast it on, like, turn two or three or whatever. And then, like, turn four or five, I cast Thoughtseize. And he had his, uh, he had Thassa's Oracle in his hand. And I was like, wait a minute, don't these next only run one Thassa's Oracle? Yeah, they do. So I took it. They got exiled. And now it's, you lose. And now it's gone for. <laughs> and there was just this, like, it paused. He had priority for, like, 30 seconds. Yep. And then concedes. And then disconnected. Because <laughs> <laughs> he read wait a, a second. <laughs> I just discarded his Thassa's Oracle. And it's gone forever now. Yep. So you can't win. And it was just the best feeling ever to be like, wait a minute. Don't these decks only run one Thassa's Oracle? That's unfortunate for you, bud. Into exile. <laughs> That's gone forever. <laughs> Good luck like winning uh, with narc amoebas
0: <laughs> Right. Not gonna cut it.
1: Oh, that was awesome. I felt so good. I'm sorry, I can talk about stuff like breakfast now.
0: Yeah, sure. Um Oh look, it's solid steak. What? The the solid steak four oh eight. Gotcha. Nice. <laughs> um whether or not you end up playing Metal Gear, I don't know. Oh,
1: I'll play it. I'll, don't get me I'll,
0: I mean I'll, you can change if you want, but that game fucking sucks. That is the most incorrect statement you've probably made <laughs> in like a year.
1: I know. <laughs> I do not I well, the first level or so I'm
0: was we had that fifteen well, it, hour rule on
1: purpose? Well, I know, but
0: just to counter your it. point, so I walk into Central Yarnum and I get killed by the first guy, and I go, "God, this game sucks." Yep, <laughs> like it's wrong. a little
1: different. Imagine if you went through the first area of Central Yarnum about nine times and then hand it to me so I could kill the first dude.
0: Well, one that nine times probably totaled about twenty minutes. Yeah the the re, the the it's the, the, yeah, the it is quick. The, so this is one of the things I would argue about with you, is the expectation that only the Souls games need an opportunity to learn how to play, or you going to pick up on them, I'd is like not said, true. I'm happy to
1: give it the 15 hours or so, uh, enough time to learn how to play it. Like. But like it happened in the, not the first area, the first area wasn't too bad, but it happened in the second area, where I got fucking curb stomped by that area. And then it happened in the next area, where I also kept getting curb stomped by oh, that area. You got to...
0: Know what you're doing, yep. And like I said, how many times did I say these Dark Souls? I mean, Metal Gear Solid is actually a really easy game, but like they're not the they're not the hardest games in the world. No, they're not. It's just you got to actually play the game. And to be fair, part of it is you just you have. It's a Metal Gear game, and love it or hate it, you have to pay attention to the story. Like they are first and foremost. Like the gameplay, I really like. And I know you don't love stealth games, and that's going to be problematic for you. Yeah. But like. This they are story driven games, yeah, and that's what Hideo Kojima is all about. And it's, like to me, one of um, one of the things that I actually agree with you on is modern games kind of go fucking crazy with it. So like, Metal Gear Solid Two, like there's cutscenes that are like ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, that's long. too much. That's not the <laughs> case in Metal Gear Solid. There <laughs> are some like,
1: but like. <laughs> So this, we're talking. We're, we're becoming the gaming podcast now. But when I was playing that gun game for Sao, there mm-hmm. was a situation where there was three loading screens that bisected cutscenes. Nice. Yeah. It was all just. It wasn't cutscene. It was dialogue. It was mm-hmm. all. It was just a scene. It was a loading screen dialogue. Loading screen dialogue in a different area. Loading screen dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what are we loading? What's loading?"
0: The The big thing with the Metal Gears is, like, you're not going to know where you're supposed to go if you don't listen to... Like, that's what the codec is for when it's, like, press start. Yeah. Like, you've got basically your command that's going, hey, this is your mission. Yeah. And then you update them. You know, Snake updates them. Hey, this is what happened. Okay, well, now you need to go do this. Gotcha. Like, if you don't pay attention to that, you're going to be completely lost. Fun story. So there's a point in the game where you had to contact another character using that codec. And that codec's just a radio. Yep. And it just has a dial. And you can just go through and just enter the things. You just scroll through it. Um, they don't tell you what her number is. Uh-huh. What they do, because like the game's full of Easter eggs. Yeah, they go. They literally tell you her number's on the back of the uh, the game package. Oh, I rented it. So you didn't have it. I didn't have it. <laughs> so you can't. <laughs> so I had to go. Was this it? Next, nope. You had Next. to brute force one, it one <laughs> one at a time. <laughs>
1: Well, the internet is a wonderful thing.
0: <laughs> yep, this was pre-internet. Uh-huh. And then if, you, if we walked right into my game room, you'd flip over that thing, and down at the bottom right-hand corner is a screenshot of a dialogue between Snake and Meryl.
1: Yep. And it's got her... Her 107.35 or
0: whatever. Yep, that's all you need. That's awesome. <laughs> I rented it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, game. So... This is what I would say to you. If it takes you, realistically, more than 15 hours to beat the game, something's gone wrong. Yeah. Uh, I beat it in, like, 20 my first time through as a middle school kid. Yeah. With having no gaming knowledge. With having... I mean, I had gaming knowledge, but no knowledge of that particular game. Gotcha. Never played him before. Didn't know what the fuck it was. I saw a commercial for it. Actually, I played the demo. Saw some commercials. Played the Pizza Hut demo, if I remember correctly. Gotcha. And then rented the game when I was at, like, uh, my aunt's for the summer.
1: Yep. So even the game's trash. Worst game ever made.
0: Oh yeah, clearly. <laughs> As
1: they make Metal Gear Solid 19 whatever.
0: Yeah, it's just, you know. And they and it's still Kojima and, comes out and with a game and everyone loses their fucking yeah. mind. Not <laughs>
1: only not only is it Metal Gear Solid 19, it's also one of the best-selling games of the year, like yeah. clearly one of the worst games ever made. Yeah.
0: But it's the big thing is like you would probably s- s- fall right into Metal Gear Solid 5. I know you played it, but like you know, it, give it an game. hour, yeah. it was like a fine the, game. the The controls and everything, because it's just
1: more modern controls. That one, it was one of those. It didn't hook me, but it was a fine game. Yeah, like I, it came with like my graphics card, so I played a bit of it,
0: and it was a, it was a fine yeah. game. the The controls are going to be your <laughs> biggest hurdle with Metal Gear Solid, and just the yeah. rules of the game. Yeah, but I will say it is easier to just go through and kill everyone if you can get just master stealth kills. You just kill everyone, and that's the game on easy mode. Um, but it, yeah, it's back to magic. It's Cephalid Breakfast. Breakfast. Yeah. There's
1: not a whole lot crazy and going on here. And this doesn't
0: look like it's changed anything big. They've they're always tweaking numbers in these and I don't want to sound dismissive of that.
1: Yeah. That's like we got and I, I got to have a whole there Primer Caldera complete? Maybe that's a thing because it does have a Stoneforge package. Or it always, it always had the Stoneforge package, yeah. but yeah, now we're having a Caldera complete.
0: I don't remember if it was in there normally. It might have been and I just missed it. Yep. It's uh, okay.
1: We'll do like uh, Doomsday and we'll just talk about how it's a boring list for six months. And someone will be like, You guys know that you've talked about some of the most innovative decks that Like Breakfast has seen in like five years and
0: dismissed it. And it's like, Well, cool. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Yep. So that's our top eight. A uh, lot of combo, basically combo and control. Is that what we got going yep. on with the one thing that even kind the of comes close? Combo?
1: I, that's aggro to me.
0: Yeah. To me, it's closer to aggro. Yep. Um
1: so it's, like, I would say that's aggro, and I would say uh I'd say Thought Cast is aggro. Yeah.
0: Thoughtcast cast so, is I'm, well, like I'm saying it's like, well that's two aggro decks in the top eight. That's twenty five percent. They kind of ride that line though, especially eight cast. Eight cast is like to me, I kind of look at it as like if one hate piece couldn't lock your game down, you're probably not an aggro deck. Probably. Like a stony silence, a resolve stony silence and eight cast isn't a lot of fucking trouble. It's true. Like Do you think elves is a aggro deck? I think it's first and foremost a combo deck.
1: Things you consider it first force yeah. combo cuz mm-hmm. cuz I would say like um and it's a little different but like plague engineer yep is it Pla- kind of it kind of locks you down pretty hard. The
0: big one to me would be something like uh Or how about like Narset? Uh, like you yep. can, Narset containment priest like where there's like my plan A is shut down by one card. Yeah. Whereas like an aggro deck when I think aggro I think zoo. Like that's the the first deck that pops into my head the first archetype. Or uh-huh. like I'm going to play creatures I'm going to somewhat pay for their mana, and I'm going to win through combat. So, what about something like Ensnaring Bridge? That's why I said almost. Yeah, like because there's F- it's, it's it's magic. There's there's um, a card. actually yeah, correct. That's basically what you did. <laughs> well, there is this one card that like there's you know there's let there's five cards that say you can not attack, but that doesn't mean it's not an attack. Uh-huh. But there's like if we go, yeah, you can't cheat something in, yeah. or your graveyard's gone. Whereas like initiative. Yeah, I mean it's kind of cheating on mana a little bit, but it's casting dudes and it's winning through combat. Yeah. And it's like it it's gets huge value, like clearly the cards uh-huh. are like very strong and much better than a zoo deck could ever hope to be. I would definitely
1: say that I think white red Ag- or the uh, initiative is more aggro than um eight cast. I think that's true. Yeah.
0: Eight cast kind of blends the <laughs> thing yeah. where it's kind of getting into elves' territory, where you're starting to get into synergies between e- these synergies, cards. Yeah. Where it's like, it really does matter that all it, these things are artifacts. Yeah.
1: Initiative synergizes by having <laughs> having soul by, lands and. Yeah.
0: <laughs> four mana. <laughs> <laughs> by done. Having mana, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, shit. Anywho, so we'll go over the metagame summary. Like I said, other with 34%, 11 of the top 32. uh, well, half of
1: those did though have. Yes,
0: half of those had a seasoned dungeoneer yep. or a caves of chaos adventure. And like I said, there's probably there might even be a little uh slight difference in that as well, because like True, not all of them, not all the seasoned Dungeoneer decks run chaos and not yep. all the chaos run seasoned dungeoneer.
1: Uh, S- something in my opinion worth noticeable in or note or noting, noting in the top thirty two. We do have at least one Teamer cascade. Yeah. There's there's been like that card's that deck's so cool that exists.
0: Yeah, there like since the ban, there has been a ton of ton more room of like those tier three decks, yep, are just kind of they're good enough now. The
1: decks that just get fucking bodied by days at Wasteland. Yeah. And it's like, oh hey, look, you
0: guys can play fucking Maverick and 12th. Yeah, I know. I was gonna bring that up as well. We've Death Shadows back and we talk we've this is one of the things I don't get tired of mentioning since the ban. There's been all kinds of diversity yep. in the deck list. You're so, allowed like, to
1: play kind of whatever you want right now in legacy.
0: Except oddly enough, Elves just doesn't seem to be doing it. Well, didn't Elves really
1: prey on Delver? That was part of it. it and yeah, so there, Elves were probably a little elevated because it has a good Delver matchup. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's Hell it probably had a decent matchup against Initiative. You can just throw dudes in front of them.
0: Not wrong, but it is that is a hard tax, like losing a dude every turn. But that's it does true. buy that's you a little time. That's true. Um yeah, it's so just Obviously, all these sites are slightly different. Elves isn't even currently listed in their top 15 most played decks as the legacy metagame. Like, Suck it, motherfucker. Reanimator's sitting at 10 and a half percent of the meta. <laughs> yeah,
1: Reanimator's a little ridiculous.
0: <laughs> when a combo deck is 10% of the meta, that's a lot. Yep. But uh there to be fair, there's only so much graveyard hate you can dedicate that's to your true. deck. But like start packing those ley lines. Yeah. And, like, start there. Start. Make it
1: so I can't go turn one. Yeah, and you have like like your chances of winning increase exponentially with the turns of the game.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, other decks we've got lands, uh, Delver, like we talked about. Those are both three ofs. Yep. Um, blue zenith decks, Mystic Forge combo decks, Reanimator. Only two in the top thirty-two. Uh huh. So even though it's ten percent ish of the meta,
1: one of those only when people are prepared for it. Yep. You might lose to something else, but you're not losing. It's easy to not lose. To- it's easier to yeah. not lose to Reanimator,
0: And it's it's kind of like you don't even have to really play the game all that much. Like, yeah, they can answer it, and then you're going to have a game. But, like, if you get a Ley Line out of the Void, Ley Line of the Void out on turn, like, pregame, the odds of you losing are just yep. fucking plummet.
1: Fuck! It's way harder. It's
0: really now. They could have it because you obviously you got one of your ley lines. They know ley lines oh, yeah. coming, so they have an answer for yep. it as well. Or they're show. They have. They have show and tell. Like it happens, yeah. but and that's their pivot. That's basically their answer. Yeah, the deck. The deck
1: relies on going game one. I win. Okay. Cool. uh Game two. Game three.
0: Uh, yeah. win. So they win seventy percent of game ones and thirty to forty yep. percent of games two and three, and, and that like, averages they're just, out
1: to ten percent of the meta.
0: Yeah. Um. Now, when they can consistently win games two and three, two or three, that's when you know the deck is probably a problem. Yep. Um. Then we've just got a bunch of two ofs. A bunch of one ofs. Yep. Yeah, we did the two ofs. So Cascade, Painter, Doomsday, Prison, uh, Omnitel, Breakfast, Death Shadow, another, it says Blue Artifacts, but realistically it's probably. uh. Oh, A-cast. it's for sure,
1: man. It's for sure, a cast.
0: Uh, and then one Maverick. Eight cast. But no elves. So. Fuck off elves. Yep. What? Well, what? We're just gonna have to change the meta to accommodate me. That's how this works, right? I get on Twitter. That's yeah. That's how it works. Um, no, this meta is fine even without. Like the funny thing is, I would fall on that sword as an elves player. Like if the if it took getting rid of elves. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. To just make legacy not dog shit anymore. Yep. Cool. Okay. There's other decks to play. There's other decks to play. Uh, most played cards. Force of will, fifty percent. I fucking love this. Brainstorm and Ponder are down in the 40s. Yep. They're right. about 65% of the meta. <laughs> so we're, we're we're getting there, boys. Yep. We just need a lot more Maverick. <laughs> yep. Emperor, you heard him. <laughs> yep. Get in there. Uh, then we've got Lotus Petal and Surgical Extraction. Um, Top Creatures, The Fairy, yep. Spirit Guide, Caves of Chaos, Adventurer, Seasoned Dungeoneer, and Solitude. What so a that, gross Top Creatures. <laughs> yeah. So we've got Combo Hate Piece. Yep. Combo. Initiative. <laughs> oh yeah, then initiative. Yeah, Basically. initiative, initiative, initiative. There's initiative. some there's some leftovers there with the Simeon Spirit Guide if you look at like the Caves of Chaos. Yeah, signature. yeah, yeah. You're right. You're but, right. Yeah. There's it's initiative, 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 initiative. Reanimator card that hates on reanimator. <laughs> yep. Uh, top spell, same thing. Force will, brainstorm, ponder, lotus petal, surgical extraction. So yeah, Legacy still. I mean, for a super qualifier, much better than we would expect as far as we're yeah. still rocking that like thirty percent of other looking. Phenomenal. Yeah. Well, and even if you so even if you took out the sixteen percent for um initiative, that still leaves eighteen percent as other. Yep. So looks great
1: to me. All right, let's bump on over to modern. It's okay, we're only about two hours into this podcast. Although with editing, it'll probably be down to like an hour and forty. So you know, twice as long as most dude, dude, when the when MTG Goldfish gets to an hour and two minutes, they're like, Okay, no fish mail, we're done. <laughs> Uh, so we will hop over to modern we do have a holy a, shit a Sunday challenge to talk about is that the one on the fourth yeah it um well this ought to be quick <laughs> it won't take as long
0: what the hell happened I'm so,
1: freaking out over here so um the meta isn't terrible the top eight is <laughs> I don't know if this top eight looks fucking hilarious so just so jump to the end a little bit there are four hammer time lists in the top eight that came in fourth, fifth, sixth and eighth. What we haven't seen Hammer Time not like anywhere. This. Like, like I mean, it's Hammer Time's been there. It's been a it's been an underlying force, and it's it's been there for sure. But not like not a Hammer Time has lived for a long time as a dominant force in modern. Where it was the best deck, or the or one of the best three, or at least the most prevalent yeah. three. And then for a little while, it kind of took a nosedive, and it was there, and it was you know it was please see it, but nothing crazy. And then this week. The the Hammer Time Discord found something out. I guess. And we will see what that is in three decks. They
0: finally decided between Memnite and Ornithopter. (laughs) Is that what it
1: was? (laughs) So, in the first place, we've got Gurig, and we have this, like, five-color mishmash good stuff running off of, realistically, the new cards Nyssa, Resurgent
0: Animist, the three-men new Nyssa, and Titania, Protector of Argoth. So glad that card sees play. I fucking love Titania so much.
1: It's a very cool card.
0: It was. It's one of the f- like. I don't love playing mono green in EDH because it's an EDH card. 100. Um, for and reference, I, and I, if I remember correctly, it's literally an EDH card. I think it came out in the blue or the the green precon. Probably. Um, that's where it originated from.
1: But, Titania is three green green for a five three. Uh, ele- actually, an elemental which is hyper relevant for Nyssa. Yeah. Uh, Whenever Titania of Argoth enters the battlefield, return target land from your graveyard to the battlefield, which is super good. And then whenever a land you control is
0: put into the graveyard from the battlefield, you make a 5-3. I would be tickled pink if Nyssa made Titania playable in Modern. Because, I mean, they actually do synergize pretty well, too. Very good. You get that that fetch back, and now you can get another elemental.
1: Nyssa finds Titania. Mm -hmm. Titania gets a fetch land back. So that Nissa can find another thing. Yep, that's so good. Mm-hmm. To round this out, of course, we do have three ragavans. I believe this is a this is a a full five color list. Um, it is five color because there's a single Unmoored Ego in the sideboard, yeah. giving you one black pip. So that's so it's that's basically word.
0: Omnath plus Unmoored Ego. Yes. Egos.
1: Um. So you have three Ragavans. You got three of the Nissa Animus, the new Nissa. Four Omnaths. So there's a there's. I mean, if you think about it one way, we do have ten creatures here that rewards you for multiple land drops a turn heavily reward you mm-hmm. Nissa goes and gets a thing omnath makes a ton of mana and titania not i guess not multiple land drops in a turn but essentially using fetch lands get you a five three
0: i could see so these this nissa omnath either solitude or fury and titania just being a very potent yep. combo going forward
1: and then to round it out uh three titania and the four solitudes something worth worth discussing is nissa worse because you never know what she's going to get you because nissa gets omnath solitude and titania and herself so as opposed to a deck like the one in legacy and i've seen Aspiring spike play several of these where you crack nissa and you're getting either fury or nissa mm-hmm. i know what i'm going to get and i can i can build my lines around that where i just need to get this crack at hope to flip a coin right and get the fury and i'm in this whereas this nissa resurgent animist it's uh it's a real crapshoot. You've got three options and or you got four options and they're all seeing
0: similar play. I think your first one, you're happy to probably hit anything but Nyssa. Yep. And then once you have like, for example, say you go Nissa and then you hit a solitude, you're probably still happy to hit anything but Nyssa. Because another solitude, sure, I'll take another yep. solitude. It worst case scenario, pitches to itself. Yeah. Uh and then you still got the two legendaries. I think when you're gonna what you're gonna run into every now and then is you Nyssa into Omnath into Omnath. Uh-huh. And then or Titania into Titan where you just now the play the, there's a the play card. pattern
1: worth discussing again in Modern where and I saw this happen with Spanish back like a lot, where Nyssa found Nyssa quite often because he would run decks where it was like it was like, like Nyssa and Salted or mm-hmm. Nyssa and Fury, or Nyssa, salted and fury, but Nyssa found Nyssa a lot. Uh, but Nissa is a lightning rod. Yeah. And so it's not
0: horrible.
1: It's not as bad to find your second Nissa because um, it happens quite often where, like, cast Nissa, do the Fetchland thing, you draw a Nissa, they untap, they terminate, it. immediately kill it, and you go, cool, my turn. Nissa. Nissa, Fetchland. Like, yeah. it's definitely not the worst thing in the world, but I was just curious how you felt about the lack of consistency where well, you're always getting a decent card. These are mm-hmm. all good cards, but you don't have the consistency of going, well, I'm going to hit Leovold or. Uh, Fury or whatever, you know, yeah.
0: like that's like I said, that's we talked about it in legacy. I think that's probably the ceiling is when you can basically guarantee and get the perfect card. Like we've yeah, like if we're talking about like in a vacuum, What's, I mean, that, where Niss is at her best is when yeah. she's getting like I she resolves. I use a fetch. Yeah. I get this thing and I'm going to crush it's a, you. Like it's a cascade.
1: Like right. cascade is the ceiling of cascade is every time I cast it. I
0: get eight power on the board, right? That's like Nissa has that ceiling. I think her middle would suck ten years ago, but can you imagine just being like, "Yeah, I played a fetch oh, and I, I drew an Omnath." Like I not okay. You saying the uh, the elementals they would get ten years ago?
1: I was like, "Why? Why would this be bad ten years ago?" Yeah, because you
0: couldn't because you because couldn't you can't find
1: Omnath solitude. Yeah, <laughs> because you couldn't find any of those cards. Like, I see what you're all saying. All
0: three of those, like like you said, there's there's merit to getting a second Nissa. Yep, and even if like for example, if you play one you get a second nissa and they kill it. Well, then you play another one. Let's just, you know, RNG here. You got another Nissa. They're probably going to kill that Nissa yeah, again too.
1: Definitely a lightning rod.
0: So like you don't you don't want you're not like, "Oh man, I hope I get another Nissa." But you're probably not terribly you're not upset. heartbroken. And it is a free card for playing uh, a fetchland.
1: Yeah. When your fetchland it draws a relevant card. Draws so a good card.
0: This is a discussion we talk about all the time. The floor. The floor in this deck is pretty high. Pretty high. It gets The card that is all really good and has a target on its back. The ceiling is, I mean, in a perfect world, it gets you luck into exactly what you need at the right moment. The middle is you'd get some of the best cards legal in the I mean, like, Titania is probably
1: one of your better top decks. In a top deck war, Yep, like, Titania is probably, or I'm I'm sorry, not Titania, I mean, Omnath, Nissa, this yeah. is probably one of your best top decks. We're like, we're both just top decking, and like I top deck Nissa, and it's like, wow, the number of good top decks in my deck just fucking skyrocketed, mm-hmm. because one, obviously, like, Omnath's a good top deck, Titanium's a good top deck, Ran 6 is a good top deck. And those still are there. Yep, and all of my Fetchlands are now phenomenal top decks. Yeah. So, like, like it's it, it late game, or when the game, like, it is one of the best cards you can draw. Obviously, it's great in the mid-game, too, where you just go, like, I have a Lotus Cobra on top of, I'm drawing a card for my Fetchlands, like... Answer me at parity, I dare you. We'll right. see who wins this race. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and that's what these decks are designed to do: is like.
1: This five-card good, good stuff.
0: Yeah, where it's just like so many of my cards just generate insane value that going one for one just doesn't work. Yep. Like, you can either go 100%. underneath me and try to kill me before I get online, go way over top, yep. and play something like wacky, Tron or play control. Or con of cruelty, some yep. like. Whatever, where you're just like, I don't care if you got an extra card this turn, you're going to like be yeah. dead in three turns. You're fucked. If you try to meet this deck in the middle, yeah, you're probably not going to win.
1: Nope, probably not. The rest of the deck we should talk about. So for Ren and Six, obviously, I mean, Ren and Six pairs phenomenally with almost every single card in this deck. Like, or every single creature. With Titania, with Omnath, with Nyssa. Phenomenal synergy there. And Ren and Six is just amazing. Like, the number of times I see players playing Modern and, like, they mulligan to five, but then cast a Ren and Six and just get to get all, like... I, like, unmulligan themselves because yep. they just draw, they have a land every turn now. They mm-hmm. never miss out on lands. They keep two lands in Ren and they're perfect.
0: And every time they fetch, and I know this is a bit of a touchy subject with some magic players, every time you fetch, that is one less land you're going to draw. It yes. does, when you, like, oh, thinning doing is one, real thinning, thinning is real. Right. But doing one, people are like, yeah, whatever. Yep. If you can do that five every times, single turn. not only are you guaranteeing your perfect manner, you're hitting yep. every land drop, but when it matters, you're like, several percentage points higher yeah. to draw good cards and that's On the numbers that matters
1: and in this deck it's not as relevant for sure but and it's it, completely ignoring the number of times when extra cards in your hands are a relevant resource mm-hmm. anytime you're playing against any type of thought seize effect or uh discard effect or whenever you can cash those cards into your you, you just have seven cards in your hand and like three of them are lands because you've drawn them and that kind of sucks but you have these extra cards in your hand that This deck's a bad example, but can be used for resources. I mean, or or, here's a great example. I just know it's like the triumphs. You can draw the triumphs and just have those dedicated cyclers. Now you don't have to worry about fetching or uh, about, well, I need my land drop this turn. No, you just drew a cycler. You had your land up. You're fine
0: and well and again we're talking about grinding so you go okay I'm gonna cycle my land now I'm gonna return it to my hand and I just have this perpetual whenever I want whenever I have nothing nothing better to do I just pay three and draw a fucking card
1: yep like if we if I just draw two cards a turn and you don't again game's over soon yeah Uh, lightning bolt prismatic ending spell pierce expressive iteration interesting little division here like three lightning bolt four prismatic ending and then three pierce three expressive iteration
0: yeah it's it is really definitely, weird to me.
1: Definitely trimming from that spell suite to get more creatures in. Like, yeah. I, I, I kind of look at that as like you bought the three Titania by taking out a bolt, a pierce, and an iteration.
0: Well, and again, a Ragavan. Like, we've taken out some of the best cards. We've trimmed on some of the best cards yeah. to get some of these. T- to get Nyssa
1: and Titania in the board. Yeah,
0: because like... I mean, you got to be pretty committed to a game plan to cut a Ragavan, Yep, especially when your Ragavan directly feeds into a turn to Nissa. Yes, it does. Like, oh, like that's real. You think you'd find something else to cut, but well, if I was going to cut and I'm not. Well, I'm not. And I'm, I certainly don't want to be like, oh, this guy made a bad decision. He won. But like, it also is shocking to me. OK, let's just for argument's sake, I don't want to cut Ragavan. You know what? I will cut expressive iteration. What? Yeah. <laughs> But expressive iteration to that kinda makes sense to me because you're gonna be you're gonna get a lot of value out of the top end of your creatures. Yeah. Like you're not you gonna don't be need to
1: recoup card advantage. Right. You've like got you got it elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Whereas like, well, a perfect example would be like murktide, like blue red murktide in modern doesn't have a shit ton of ways to generate just raw cards. Probably zero. Like right.
1: I mean, it's all like it's all considers and and, and uh, DRC triggers, like, mm-hmm. there's no, like, you're never going up on cards. Yeah, a, pretty rarely. Unless you're casting expressive.
0: Um, whereas this deck gets all kinds of fucking value. Yep.
1: So. And then wrapping it up for spells, you do have four Leyland Binding, because it's a phenomenal card. You have the Triomes to, or you have the try yeah, you have the two Triomes to enable it with the fetch lands that turn it on. For Sideboard, you Chalice, Internet Explosives, bunch of one-ofs, just some silver bullets. Uh, Ephemerate, obviously Ephemerate's pretty good in this deck. Your creatures are worth protecting. Uh, you do have flickering. some, <laughs> you do have some pretty strong ETBs here. Like mm-hmm. Nyssa doesn't ETB, but the the rest of them do in a very strong way. Uh, Hallowed Moonlight, Endurance. Obviously, we have to do some Graveyard Hate. Uh, Teferi, Unborn Ego, Wear and Tear, and Obsidian Charmall. So oddly enough, odd enough to see a little bit of real respect for Tron. Usually, you don't see uh, you don't see as much dedicated respect for Tron these days because no one plays Tron.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of the few decks that can go over this.
1: That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, let's talk about going up. What like what goes over this? I don't know. Ugin, no. Ugin does a pretty good fucking job. If you're looking to minus you know, four, bitch. Yep. <laughs> like <laughs> or minus five. If we're gonna race each other on who can get the most card advantage, I'm gonna <laughs> cast one spell and five for one you. Right. By all means, do your thing. Cast your Omnath. Cast your Nissa. Cast a, make five five threes. My turn. Cool. Minus five. <laughs> let's start over. Yep. Second place.
0: Right, we're a third of the way through this top eight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. We do have Yogmoth combo by Zerk. Uh, the most relevant thing I find to talk about these decks, I'll, I'll go through it. But at a glance, uh, we do have one Hypatra and no Garrosh messengers. So this deck is, I dude, I every time I see it, I maintain one Blood Artist feels wrong. We're winning with one. And I, I, I should, I should put the caveat: this deck does win in the red zone really well. Like this deck does just aggro your opponent out really well. But we are winning in the red zone, or we're winning in the combo with Blood Artist, and that's it. But everything else in the deck and the creatures looks pretty standard for Grist's, uh, four quarter calling, three Eldritch Evolution. That all looks very stock. Uh, the land suite, I don't see anything crazy in there. And Sideboard. Engineered Explosives, Fatal Push, Endurance, Force of Vigor, Friction, Metamorph's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, pile what the on. hell is that for? Like... What do you want more of in this deck? Because it doesn't get undying, right? Or does it go to the graveyard as a copy? Does it go to the graveyard with undying? I
0: would think so. I'd have to double check on that, but I would think so. Could be relevant.
1: Um I mean, oh, if you think about it this way. You know what this you know what you know what this is in there for I guarantee this is in there for? Archon. So you put in a When you cast your Archon, I get to make my own Archon. I get to have this ETB as an Archon. It's that and, one dude,
0: but you just cast him.
1: Yeah, exactly. I get to have him come in as an Archon, copy your Archon, you sack your Archon, now I have an Archon. I'll bet that's what that's for. And there's there's probably some others, and there's insane synergies as well, where like, in a world where you need more of your creature, like there are synergies with your deck, but I bet that's what it's for. Pylon, on, here's an interesting card that did come out of Aftermath. A um, lot of people were talking about this. It hasn't seen really any play that I've noticed until now, although maybe it did last week and we didn't see it. So three in a black for an instant, but it has Convoke. Destroy target creature or planeswalker, surveil two. That's a powerful card right there. If you're mm-hmm. if you're in a creature deck, if you can convoke that down to one or zero, that's a bonkers powerful card. Could you imagine if Fatal Push just read instead like kill target planeswalker or creatures surveil two?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it's good. And you got a you got plenty. I mean, it's really good with like Wall of Roots.
1: Oh yeah, it is. When you um, get to double dip on it, like Wall of Roots making a mana, then tapping for a mana. The yeah. the classic, um, Court of Calling tricks.
0: Yep. So like, I mean that like I mean that's a perfect thing to point out is the deck already runs convoke cards. Yep. So why wouldn't you run the convoke removal? Yeah. A spell? phenomenal
1: convoke removal. Obviously just a one of just trying it out a little bit, but a phenomenal removal for a deck like this. Uh, one Sheldred, which I was really hoping was going to get banned, so they weren't sixty six dollars. Again, probably wouldn't affect that much, but it'd be cool it, to have a chance of it getting cheaper because now I play practice mid range, and <laughs> you need them. I need them. <laughs> um, and a Crime Punishment. So Merktide region. Let's out of curiosity, let's take a peek here. What card advantage do we have? I think it's literally Archmage's Charm. Just to back up yep. what you were saying. Yep. Like you have Expressive Iteration and Archmage's Charm. And other than that, you're not drawing any, you're not going you're not, up on yeah, cards. You're not You draw plenty of cards. Like Ledger Shredder, this has four Ledger Shredder. Ledger Shredder can draw you cards. Um obviously DRC is not drawing you cards, but I it's improves card quality. Very much. That surveilling, regular surveilling is very close to um, looting, not quite, but it's close. But yeah, so four uh, four Ragavan, three DRC, four legislator, three Murktide. Uh The spell suite is like identical to what we see every week. Consider bolts, counterspell, impressive iteration, stuff like that. Four Mishra's Bobble, of course. Uh, nothing interesting in these lands and the sideboard. I mean, the to me the most interesting interesting thing in this sideboard is the one subtlety, which we've seen. Yep. Celty popping into the sideboard or something like this is relevant. And we have seen it here and there for, you know, my first <coughs> thought is something like Amulet Titan, like just stopping the Titan one time is all you need to do. Having the emergency button for a couple of the creatures in the format is, is worth pitching a card. Um, I do love seeing Brotherhoods end and Unlicensed Hearse, two great cards to see in sideboards, very good sideboard cards, but realistically nothing in here crazy worth talking about. I'm going to skip Hammer Time and we're going to go to seventh place and we're going to do Generic Ragavan. And then we'll wrap up by taking a peek at these Hammer Time lists. There is one Mono White and then three Azorius, so there's a little bit of difference in there, but not
0: a ton. we have got to come up with a different name. Uh, I don't know who came up with generic Ragavan on MTG Goldfish. Oh, I but fucking like, hate
1: it.
0: It's the dumbest fucking name for like it sure is. Half the fucking metas. Like, generic Ragavan. Is yeah. Ragavan. But like, imagine if we called something Literally like, Ragavan's in 47% of the decks. Generic Delver. Right. So like something, even if we're just going to be basic bitch about it, like or Fair Breach. How about how about Generic Brainstorm? <laughs> right. <laughs> <As we're playing laughs> oh, you're one of those Brainstorm decks. decks.
1: Yeah. Generic Brainstorm. Yeah. Um, So yeah, three Underworld Breach to pair with your, uh, your four DRC, your four Ragavan, your four Ledger Shredder. Ledger Shredder, probably the most interesting pickup for this deck. I don't think we were used to seeing Ledger Shredder in here, but it does make perfect sense when you're wanting to fuel those Underworld Breaches. Like, every single card matters, and Ledger Shredding, letting you turn through the deck to find the things you need and stock that graveyard with stuff to Underworld Breach for is pretty sweet. You do have two of the to three fairy. Uh Oh, I forgot to mention. You do have also Gigantha as your companion. Yep. Always nice when you can free roll a 5-5 five, five in the sideboard. And spells are the same ones we see every week. Actually, this is almost exactly the Is It Murktide pretty much. list, except you do have two Prismatic Ending. Other than that, like Unholy Heat, Consider, Lightning Bolt, Expressive Iteration, Spell Pierce. It's there. And for Mistress Bobble, pairing with the Underworld Breach, obviously this deck is much more of a fair breach deck where like Underworld Breach isn't necessarily winning the game. It can, obviously, but it like it because it can like go like bolt bolt bolt, but it also can go like I'm gonna cast bobble four times and refill my hand. Yeah. And like that's pretty fucking good too. So on top of just you now, you know, go cast an unholy heat, kill your thing, cast a consider to draw a card, and then bobble twice. Tons of value to be had in there. In your sideboard. Uh, nothing really interesting or unique for any sideboard in these colors, like Unlicensed Hearse, Blood Moon, Wear Tear, Hallowed Moonlight, Prismatic Ending, like nothing crazy going on here. All right, let's talk about the other half of the topic. I'll start with fourth place because it was the highest ranking one and it is the most unique by being Mono White. This is Crusher Bolt BG's list. So the biggest thing we lose being Mono White, no Lavinia, no Spell Pierce, uh, no reality chip, none of that stuff. Straight mono-white, we get things like... Set, that does give us room for the seven mem knights. that allows us to go as hard into the paint as we can with zero drops into hammer, into punch in the face. You've got your Stoneforge Mystic Package. You're still Paladin, Esper Sentinel, obviously. Uh, your protection spells in this list are going to be Steel Shaper's Gifts. There's obviously a little bit of flex in there, whether you're running blacksmith Skills, Steel Shaper's Gifts. Or, I'm sorry, not protection spell. Your True-dum. Utility Spell is black shape or steel shapers gifts to go get more hammers. In this spot is where we see either your protection usually your usually your protection spells. Um blacksmith skill or there's another one that does a similar thing.
0: Birds of salvation is in one of them. You and Permanent's you control gain hexproof until end of turn prevent all damage that black and or red sources would deal to creatures you control this turn.
1: Yep. You know what card that fucking hoses? That hoses you Fury. These decks and obviously there, there are times when this deck just goes wide and you know goes apeshit, but these decks really fold to like a turn two or turn three Fury where they they establish their board, they get ready to get go off, and Fury comes in and wipes the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not at all surprised to see that card. I love that card. I thought it was a really good card when I saw it. I don't know if it's good enough. The direct comparison obviously is going to be to Veil vale of Summer. The key difference though is that one draws a card. This one doesn't. Pretty fucking big difference. But it does a lot of the similar things, and especially in a deck like this, it does solve a lot of the problems you care about, which is in like, Fury Solitude. I mean, it does hit Fury Solitude. Like Your stuff gaining Hexproof is what gives you the protection to push through on a mass and get shit done. Or even just protect the knight that already attacked as a 10-10 and gets to attack again as a 10-10 and like, gets to really bring it home. So That's makes sense. Beautiful art. Yes, I do love the art. Um, that was here I told you about. We're like, how does this card not have split second? That is split second it, art.
0: It would not surprise me at all if it used either the art was de- was made yeah. like years ago for a split second card, or when it was being designed, it, it had, had split spec, yeah. sp- uh, split second, and they took it off. And it's like, if you know what I'm talking
1: about, like split second cards have that, like the card is divided kind of in half, either at an angle or whatever, but it's always divided in half. Yep. And... Like this card has split second art on it, but it did not it got split it probably got split second removed. Like if I had to make a guess, it got it removed. But um the artifact suite is going to include uh obviously four of your swords and then a couple other targets for your Stoneforge Mystic package, like Paradise Mantle, uh Cranial Plating, Nettle Cyst, and Sword of Fire and Ice. Interestingly enough, this is one of the more expansive Stoneforge packages we've seen. We usually see the hammers and maybe two more equipment. This has a solid like four more with, with the mantle, the plating, the nail system. Like a, a very wide package for mm-hmm. the Stoneforge Mystic to be a little more flexible. Not to mention you do have three Steel Shapers gifts to also go get those things. Uh, the sideboard for this one, we've got Tormod's Crypt Welding Jar. Um, Derek is laughing maniacally somewhere. Three Manitithe.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: manatide is equivalent to me to stifle we're like (laughs) it's bad so it's good because once no one's playing around manatide people get get fucked by manatide yeah and manatide fits in that really good spot like surge of salvation where you get to very often hit a solitude or a fury where they tap out to do their thing, and they pitch Fury for free. And it's like...
0: Well, that's the whole point of those spells, is I want to be able to tap out and still interact.
1: Exactly. And really punishes playing in the wrong order, essentially. I or mean, solituding at the last minute. I was
0: going to say, manitizing a solitude, a pitch solitude, a Fury, has to feel so a, good.
1: I mean, I'll tell you what, it, pro- it probably feels like Veil of Summering of Thoughtseize. <laughs> <Well,
0: laughs> or I mean, it's like, even, I, But it's just like, they pitch a card. It's yep. <laughs> It's, so, it's like Veil of Summering of Force. Well, we're just oh, like... yeah. We're like... Only, you, obviously, this, you don't get to draw the card. This game is... It's just that feeling of like, this game's almost over. Yep, that is that is one of the things about that uh, Surge of Salvation. Just as like, I love what the color pie used to be. Um, now, anymore, it seems like a more of an excuse to not do things they should do rather than a yeah. core element of their design. They basically kind of like cherry pick when they want to follow the color pie and when they don't, as yeah. opposed to being really strict oh, about it. 100%. Um, surge of salvation. Like it drives me nuts that Veil vale of summer exists. Yep. Surge of salvation. Isn't even as good as it. Nope. And still doesn't draw you a card. And it's certainly like, because that's what it's a white, a white card. So. That's what a
1: white card should be though. Like that, like that jail effect or that, that, not prison effect, I guess, but like protection. Like, yeah. I'm protecting you from doing broken... I'm protecting myself from you doing broken things. Yep. It but doesn't... Nope, yeah. It doesn't hold a candle to Veil of Summer.
0: Not on like... Obviously, it can affect different cards differently, but like on yeah. a raw power level... Not even close. Not even close. And it still won't even draw you. And that's before the card draw. Yep. Like... Because you can cycle Veil of Summer. Like, if your opponent goes
1: Brainstorm and you're like, okay, fuck it. I just, draw, I want, I just want to cycle. One green mana, I'll draw a card. You can't ever cycle, oh. start, it's, it's in your hand. Because it's a white card, and yep. you're not allowed to do that. Okay. Uh, something else noticeable in this sideboard, we do have uh, two March of Otherworldly Light and two On Thin Ice, so we do have a Snowland package. I love that card. Yep, that card's phenomenal. Like, it's On Thin Ice is probably borderline too powerful for a removal spell, in that, like, it's very similar to um, Leyland Binding, where there's just really no cost to running it, because... There really isn't punishment for snowlands. Like there's one. It's like it's a two and a white, and it says it's a two and a white two three that
0: says snowlands etb tapped. Yeah, the, and no one plays. the The only real punishment for playing snowlands is you have to run a bunch of basics to really make it effective. Like you wouldn't want to do it in something like a four color deck where no. you have a couple of each basics. Yes. But like if you're just in hammer time and you're like, yeah, why wouldn't I have ten snow covered yep. planes? The cost is nothing. Then all of a sudden on thin ice seems like a pretty good card so one white man to enchant a snow land and
1: exile one of their creatures underneath it
0: so the the card that um it's kind of based off of if i remember correctly is chained to the rocks which was mountain right i believe one so. red
1: and an enchant target basic mountain or something enchant like
0: that? mountain you control yeah okay so you, you can enchant a land yeah but it was a white card Oh, it's white? Yeah, it's a white oh, card. Oh, nice, okay. So, again, it's, if you're playing Boros... You have to play Boros. You're, you're good to go. But it's phenomenal. Right, and then they're just like, you know what, we're going to take that exact same effect because it sees no play, so clearly it's not broken. Yep, throw it on snow. snow. Throw it on snow instead. So
1: Yeah, phenomenal. All right, so let's take a look at uh,
0: fifth place. This is going to be our Azorius list. So I will... I'm going to interrupt for just a second. So, it was kind of the reverse of what you said about the colors. The other two of the... Three blue ones are white decks with Orvar in them. Oh, that's really? where the blue are. There's really actually only one oh. that has the spell Pierce and Lavinia. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> <Yep>. Okay.
1: <laughs> so okay, so that's the case. So I basically, so you were yeah, bouncing we around. Com- I've covered three of the decks. You have covered three of the decks. Which Azorius deck do I need to click on?
0: Uh the Hero, Sing, uh, Young, whatever. Uh, I can't. Fifth, so
1: the fifth place list. So the fifth place list was our was our actual blue li- blue, blue list that we got. Uh, spell pierce into uh the creature suite is almost the same you just cut out well cut out the lose the Memnites. lose the Memnites, add a ginger brute and i'm then a fan of pretty much pretty much the same uh you do pick up two spell pierce and you change things around a little bit there's those blacksmith skills but that's that that spell suite's pretty interchangeable definitely some flex slots in there for season to taste
0: if you're running cranial planing in Urza saga run a ginger brute
1: I think I think Ginger Boots amazing in these decks. We're like, like, like it's just it's more unblockable than Memnite or not Memnite than Ornithopter. Mm -hmm. It costs a mana and that's relevant, but it's more unblockable because nothing has haste. Pretty much, like almost nothing. More things have flying or reach than have haste. Absolutely. So, not to mention your Ornithopter loses flying. Mm -hmm. So on subsequent attacks, it's still unblockable. It's way worse. Yeah. Uh, your artifact suite's a, a bit, quite a bit more narrow. You do have four Colossus Hammer, uh, one Nettle cyst, one Cauldron Complete, and one Shadow Spear. So, oh, and, and one Paradise Mantle. So, there's uh, there's three or four less artifacts in this list, but the the spread is is pretty similar. Uh, same enchantment, Cigar to Aid, obviously. And then your sideboard here, uh, you're getting those blue cards like Manalik and Lavinia. Uh, you do have Dranith Magistrate. Sanctifier and Vec, so some good scam hate. Uh, oddly enough, two more Surge of Salvation.
0: The just a, another point. The other two mono white decks: one has three surges, and one has four.
1: So at least in this. So is that what this list found?
0: Is that it what Hammer Time be. found?
1: Was Surge of Salvation for the for the scam
0: matchup? That's awesome. That probably helped like, a lot. Whether or not it was what led to the, the four in the top. The eight. four <laughs> in the top eight, I don't know. It seems to be the common denominator
1: yeah. of like what like the Three huge four significant have. change. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That is our top eight. Half that was hammer time, so it goes a little <laughs> faster there at the end. Yep. But uh metagame summary. We've got six murktide regent decks for eighteen point seven five percent and five hammer time decks for about fifteen and a half percent. So we're looking at around 34 percent. In those top two decks, which is uh, probably too much. The fifth uh, Hammer Time list also has three surges. There you go. So it's a so four out of the five. For this lit for this challenge, it was completely stock. They have between two and fo- two and three,
0: or three and four, or sorry, between. I think so was there hot. was one had two, didn't it? Two one in had the two. side, but like the so three of them, three Seems of great. the five had three or four in gotcha. the main. Then another okay. had two in the side, and then one had none
1: you gotcha. okay so it's oh, that's a lot of it searches. became pretty stock yeah
0: for this challenge at least it's the new stock hammer time list. new stock hammer
1: new stock new hammer time just dropped yep dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: will never not go there so just roll your eyes um, and
1: other scored 15 seconds <laughs> other Ractos mid-range both bringing home uh three uh, Ractos midrange, obviously recto scam bringing home three with 9.4 percent bunch of two ofs living end crashing footfalls generic ragavan and indominal creativity and then a pretty good stack of one ups. Most played cards this week: lightning bolt, ragavan, mistress bobble, engineered explosives, expressive iteration. I I don't I really wish I understood how this categorized this
0: better because like look at the percentage. Mm-hmm. Is it just so? Is it it's it's got to be some sort of average between the two.
1: Yeah. Like, so I, uh, then I'll ask you this real quick: what would you like?
0: What do you think is more impactful? Because I know what I think. What matters more? So for most realistically, played. it's probably copies. But it kind of depends because the problem is you can't just say that per card. So a good example of this, like the comparison, the best comparison I'm looking at is Ragavan versus Engineered Explosives. Like Ragavan very clearly is one of the most dominant cards in um, modern. It's in 47% of decks and there's 57 copies in here. Engineered Explosives is in more decks, but there's fewer copies, and it's because it's a sideboard card. Yeah. So you chuck two in your sideboard. So that's
1: how it tries to rationalize. Right. It tries to balance that. Like,
0: but I don't know. I don't know to what degree these things are weighted. See, because I was thinking, like, I kind
1: of care about like, in my opinion, the most played card is is in the most decks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I don't it, to me. It's less impactful that you ran three copies or two copies or four copies. Like, I I would make an exception. for Maybe one copy, maybe one copy shouldn't quite count as it, much. Be fair. But, it might. But, like, two or more copies, like, I care more about how many decks are playing it. That mm-hmm. makes it the most played card. Yeah. But that's a very good argument, and that's a great that's a great way to emphasize it with Ragavan. Ragavan probably should be above Engineered Explosives. It's definitely a more impactful card in Modern, even though it does see play in less decks. Yeah. Percentage-wise. Yeah. Top creatures, obviously Ragavan's on top there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dragon Rage Channeler, Fury, Merc Regent, and Grief. Man, I just wish Red was good. Yeah, it'd be uh, be really cool if uh, the top three creatures were red, and then the next two go into red decks, <laughs> <laughs> and then top spells: lightning bolt, mistress bobble, engineered explosives, expressive iteration, and blood moon. Red, red deck. Yeah, any deck, red, red. But that wraps up modern, um, and I believe that's going to wrap up the podcast this we're week. We're not going to hit three hours. No, we're going to do about two hours and twenty minutes this week. Um, unless there's something you want to talk about at the end of the podcast. No, I just
0: I was we were talking there at the end and I was just like, you know what? Instead of having commercials, you have to listen to our stupid puns. Yep. <laughs> so like you should listen to our podcast with Spotify up and just got your thumb over the skip fifteen seconds. <laughs> well, here comes some dumbass tangent. <laughs> <It's> skip like <laughs> I'm not gonna try to sell you like underwear, underwear or anything. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as Jake goes,
1: Well, there was this time skip, skip, skip. <laughs> You know, I was thinking. Skip, skip, skip. skip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever noticed? Skip, skip, skip.
0: <laughs> yep. Oh shit! But gonna anything- be a short episode
1: this week. Skip, skip, skip. <laughs> yeah. Now, so um, I don't think I've got anything else to cover this week. There's been tons of stuff going. Actually, has been some stuff going on with uh, with magic and previews and spoilers and yada yada yada. Uh, we'll give it another week or two, and then we'll catch up with the important shit. There actually isn't. There actually are a few cards I'm kind of interested in talking about. Obviously, there's, there's one that you saw that kind of piqued you. So
0: there was there- there's that wheel. There's that. Counter stern dismissal is yeah, a big one I like. I can't, where what is it? Creature that costs two or less for one blue.
1: It's in my opinion better. It's one blue counter a creature spell with power or power, toughness right. two or less. Yeah, that's that Which, card's good. Like I like I was talking to I can't remember who I was talking to on the Discord. We were I was doing a little bit of streaming. Um, that's most of them. That's the vast majority of them. Like of played cards, it is. Yes, like so you look at so like if I go to this legacy legacy super qualifier and let's look at the creatures I haven't. Done this yet, but uh Fairy Macabre doesn't count. Spirit doesn't count. Uh doesn't hit Caves, doesn't hit the Dungeoneer, hits Solitude, hits Grief, hits Containment Priest, hits Magus of the Moon, doesn't hit Fury.
0: It's almost hits, everything in Elves. Um gonna hit it
1: hits most of your most played, and those are all sideboard cards, but like five color zenith would be the worst deck to look at. But like it hits um it's gonna hit almost everything in death and taxes. Birds, noble hierarch, collector oof, ice Fang Coatle, scavenging ooze, uh doesn't hit endurance. Um, okay, it doesn't hit anything else in there, but like it hits so many cards. And you go to modern, and the list, in my opinion, is even bigger of the cards it's going to hit. So, most played creatures, it hits Ragavan. Uh, I believe is DRC as a DRC with delirium? Is it a one one in your hand still? So, hits DRC. Um, oh, Mrs. Merc died. Damn it. Hits Grief. Hits Ledger Shredder.
0: Hits Season Pyromancer. This card should say all of its text, and oh, by the way, it counters Merktite Regent. Yeah, it also counters Merktite Regent. (laughs) Like,
1: it hits not everything, but so many things. So, and so many things. So, obviously, it's it's a narrow list of shells the deck is going to fit in, or the card's going to fit in, but it's so good. When you're looking for removal against a lot of these decks, like, it's such a good removal piece.
0: What we were talking about with like minor misstep where it's a clean answer where you're just it's, like, yes. you're going to pay one. I'm going to pay one. We're good to go. You're going to pay one or two. It's... I'm going to pay one. We're good to go. And
1: this, this card is so often is going to be going up on mana
0: significantly. There's well, yeah, it's that either, or, yeah. or like that shadow creature, two mana for a three, two. Yep. Exactly.
1: Ding. Hits it. There's, it's so rare these days. It happens, but like it's, it's much more common that wizards, instead of making it a three, three, Makes it an undercosted three two, yep. Or an or or it's a four two or a two four or they love that too. because it's a great way to kind of balance a creature out with like well it's probably too cheap but it's 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 pretty weak it mm-hmm. dies in combat well it also hits it gets hurt by Stern to miss stern yep. dismissal so like there's a couple cards I kind of want to talk about we'll wait till the sets all the way out we'll give it some time to percolate in our heads see if there's anything else we want to talk about dude the internet's internet's going fucking crazy about this orcus orkish bowmaster card. Which I will admit I did misread and is better than I thought.
0: Yeah, that card's I would I'm gonna say it's solid.
1: Yeah. It's, I don't know um, I'm gonna go by memory here, so don't judge me, but I believe it's one in a black for like a one-one with Flash and when it ETB or when it ETBs or whenever an opponent draws a card other than their first, you do you get to ping anything and amass one orc army. Yeah. So amass is obviously that it's the it's you make Either you make an army token, then it's a 1-1, or you put a plus one, plus one counter on your existing army token. So, the idea that I... Okay, people losing their fucking mind. I think the card's okay at best, or or solid. Like, if you're looking for a way to hate on Brainstorm or
0: Ponder, like, I maintain that Hull Breacher's just better. I will say, there is... Uh, we had that conversation again because yeah. there was that I, other I, one. That, I, fairy, fairy, whatever, Mastermind's better. The I do love the fact that it actually attacks your life total. That is yeah. a, that is an important distinction. And there to make. is
1: a ton of times when like it's going to matter that it ha- it hits creatures. Like being able to just ping X ones is pretty powerful. Yeah. So um, I think it's a little overhyped in my opinion, but it is powerful.
0: It's also one of the things that I could see. Just because of the wording on the text and whatnot, like what it has, and I know that's every card, it rem- it kind of reminds me of that uh that artifact with the, what, the one where you can cast cards you've discarded. Oh, um, Containment something. Yeah, where it was just like, hey, this is a yeah. really strong effect, and it costs a couple mana, like, this is it. Same thing if with like- If you can break it. If it's seen, <sighs> it's like, that's got breakable text. Yeah. So, yeah, I see what you're saying.
1: Do you think? Do you think uh, legacy decks are going to splash black so that they have a- me, another payoff for a wheel?
0: What I would say, hundred percent, is if black was good, that orc would probably see that's, play.
1: That's the I've heard someone's argument. Like the weakest thing about that card is it's, black. Yeah, and like you have to run black mana. Like
0: if that was a red card.
1: Yeah. Like oh, if that was a red card, I'd be pissed that Delver gets another amazing thing.
0: Right. Like, but it's black, and there's not really a whole lot yep. going on with black. Now, to, to be <laughs> fair, we can only say that so many times. Yeah, because if they keep printing good yep. black cards, eventually yep. well, we'll hit like, critical mass. That's like mill,
1: Yep. like ever, like mill and like, mill and modern is a real deal. Where it's like, for a long time, it was like, man, that's a great mill card. Too bad mill's trash. And it's like,
0: well, eventually mill wasn't trash. Yeah. Eventually they they printed enough mill critical 10 to mass. twenty for
1: two mana, and it was yeah. like, oh shit, this you is hit your a critical thing. mass of mill cards, and it's over. But I say we'll get a little more into it. We'll do some. Uh, we'll do some back and forth. Do some. Again, my favorite thing to do is like in depth card evaluation, and we'll do that later. But. Matt, as we wrap the episode up and I inform everybody that if they want to reach out to us, they can hit us up on Facebook, Google or, or Gmail at cantripcartel cartel at gmail.com on uh, Twitter, on Instagram. Obviously, we're not super active, but you can reach out to us as I remind people that we do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. If you want to support us or get or just hop in and get some merch, like if you really want to just get some merch, like, you know, join a Patreon tier and talk and hit me up or send me an email like we'll. We'll get there from here, I promise. I give them to our patrons at cost anyway. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about this week?
0: Nothing in particular.
1: Then I think we will see you guys next week. Yep, have a nice night, guys. So, Matt, you gotta know what this uh, what this skit's gonna be, right? Yep. I'm gonna draw my seven. Gonna unmask, discarding a grief. What you got? Uh, I have pregame effects. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. This is game one. <laughs> And you do not. So the first ever tangent in the end (laughs) of an episode, I literally queued in with my first game with Reanimator and the motherfucker did game one, pregame effects, ley line of the void, ley line of sanctity, and I left that fucking match. <laughs> Welcome, step on in to the cancer cartel. Chicken mat, chatting metagames, or we'll slinging some spells, casting L's sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies where the brace robes of Sophia some so scary, so legendary. Queer in Rangers cross the silver libraries where the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into ploughs. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground, nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birchlorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhale carbon flowers. Flag- Unwound, birds of paradise sang, tropical islands a sound, Allosaurus Shepherd danced on dinosaurs, stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thou sincereum serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Drawing cards with the cantrip cart town!